2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit MEGT.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse.
3: Trade Radio kicks into The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your best workforce with MEGT.com.au and Chemist Warehouse. INC Sports Nutrition powering tomorrow tomorrow. Today, available from Chemist Warehouse. David Noble, Stephen Silvani, Damien Barrett with you for the next two hours. Soss and myself will then continue on with Maddie Rendell all the way through till six. Sammy Hargraves brings it home six till seven. But, guys, hello and welcome to you on this particular. Friday, as we uh, near the Wednesday of next week deadline of this, and we'll uh, start today where we've spent a bit of time over the last couple of days. That being the the standoff between North Melbourne and Port Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide and 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 West Coast, and now Port Adelaide and even Geelong. Port trying to bring in obviously Junior Rioli from the Eagles, Jason Horn Francis from the Ruse, and Asava Radaglia from the Cats, and. We'll spend the first few minutes of our time together today, guys, just wading through what mess this has become and the entry of a, another club into the uh, calculations here. And we'll uh, bring all that to you in the next few moments. So good afternoon to you, Stephen Sylvain. Damo. And to you too, Nopes.
4: G'day, day,
3: Sos.
5: Sauce, no. Nopes.
3: Bits of way through, and and so, so I'll get you to give all this some context. But because Port Adelaide is now requiring to to bring those three players in, and and as we speak, there are no closer. And as we know also too, it's just a brokering position these first few days, these opening days, and it all crescendos on on Wednesday of next week. But they're uh, they've got problems with West Coast over the Rioli thing, and. My understanding is that West Coast, just to make a point, will be prepared. And we hear this a bit, but I believe this one to be the case, that they will be prepared to just uh, let that one play out. And unless they get what they want out of it, they'll just let him walk. Um, yeah. And that, that's where they're at with that. So, again, it's up to Port to do that deal. We, we know that they are now obviously uh, in and have been for some time on Jason Horn francis and how that looks with North Melbourne. There is nothing um, opening up. The potential of a West Coast uh, getting involved with those other two clubs, Port and North, um, to, to potentially alleviate that, that is not happening. A- at the moment, I'm not saying it cannot be reignited, but there is no traction on any of that at the moment. And the other added problem, and, and it's a good problem from a Port perspective if they get land all these players, is they're now very keen as I to get Asava Radagalia away from the Cats. But we know they play as hardball as anyone in the, in the competition right now. And given he's contracted for next year, Good luck with that one in isolation of the other two. So what I can tell you today, Sos, and, and and what I want you to do and, and for our listeners, give it some clarity, please. GWS has entered conversations with North Melbourne over the loosening up of uh, a few things. Obviously, North Melbourne has pick one, that by way of its ladder finish on 2022. GWS has, believe it or not, picks three, 12, 15, 18, and 21. Now, guys, they want, GWS now wants North Melbourne's pick one, and I believe the Roos are open to that. So uh, please take us through how that could work and, and why that would appeal to, to both those footy clubs.
5: Well, um, it really depends on North. More, North might think they need to get more young talent through the door rather than one. Um, and and the other, the, the other, the other thing is, um, depending on what they might get with um, the value of Horn Francis, they might go into the draft having, you know, th- probably three picks inside, possibly twelve if they end up doing some deals. But it's real. It's really interesting that another, another players come into play with with um, with North, particularly for Port. They're actually got two contracted players wanting to go there to their clubs, yep. and right at the minute, Port have picks eight and really thirty three. They got some back end picks. Yeah. Of course, they got their future first, but. It's going to be really difficult for them to get two contracted players, let alone tough enough to get one contracted Mm. player through. But to have two contracted uh, players through, so I would think that you know, um, and and we said early in the week about you know is it all about picks? We we spoke about getting a player involved, and there's a bit of talk around the town that you know Port don't really want to lose a player they're getting the managers and making sure that they're not putting any plays up or is West coast or North Melbourne uh, contacting managers that, um, that players belong to certain, uh, port players belong to certain managers. Can they get some interest? And uh, one of those names was uh, Dan Houston. Yep. So, you know, if they've done it to spotted one, Spotted in Melbourne a, this morning. Spotted actually, in so Melbourne this morning. Spotted, so this morning. spotted yeah. in Melbourne yeah. this morning. Yeah. Yes. Um, but having said that, it's just really difficult to get contracted players through. I've been the, through that situation and, you know, the the, the player, uh, sorry, the club that has that player that's contracted really holds the weight and uh, the mm. weight of power. So, um, yeah, so there's some difficult um, discussions to be had between Port and and North Melbourne and, and Geelong.
3: Yeah, no, because we, we revealed yesterday too that there was consideration being given by Port to, to go to the AFL and, and some traction on that conversation about opening up the rules as they stand, that being the um, inability as it stands on the rules to, to trade both your first and second round picks in, in a future draft. Uh, I believe the AFL is open to that being the case and, and without that being approved, which would be you know an allowance against their own rules for that case, I don't see... Anything happening with Port Adelaide, they, to me, just do not have any currency. And particularly now, Sos, and your information there, that they obviously are speaking to managers of players at their club about the reluctance to move them out. Um, That's just reflective of what we were hearing yesterday, that they want to keep what they've got, but they want to bring these three players in. And I just don't see how they do it.
5: I don't see how they do it when they've only got the picks they've got Um, and... No one's going out. Yeah. If no one's going out and and it it gets back to what we've spoken about early in the week is knowing what the draft is like, the depth of the draft. And, um, you know, that's really important because sometimes you can say, yeah, we're giving you pick eight, but there might be only four to five top end talent kids that you really, um, that you really rate up that top end and then Mm. it can be quite even Mm. now that's not to say those kids won't become stars in the future, you know, so but you've got to know what's in the draft.
3: Yeah, and you've uh, speculated that, that this draft may not go as deep as, as others, and that may be reflective in these conversations. No, but the mechanics of, of what is in play now, and it, it is in play, it's in discussion, how it plays out, who knows. But North Melbourne with pick one, and as we said before, GWS 3, 12, 15, 18, 21, they're, they're the lucrative ones they've got. How does it work and how does it look, and why would North want to engage in that scenario?
4: So it, it looks on the basis of this is a bit more about the future, continuing to grow the list for the next five to 10 years. That's what it looks like. They've got an issue, in as we've mentioned, in that 23 to 26-year-old bracket. So to prevent that from you know occurring in the future again, you can sort of build that a bit at the moment. I would think that if North were looking at splitting that pick, it, I would think it's something to likely be three with one of 12, 15 or 18. And then maybe a bit of a swap around some other things that will actually get it done. So you should end up with two firsts. Yep. North would be saying, well, we want 3-12 and 18. I would imagine. I would think they would
3: from the starting point if you're giving up one.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Matty talked about, you know, how negotiations start yesterday with Geelong. You know, the essence of what they're doing. But that's just negotiation. So the mechanics here is not based on equaling points. That, that really has nothing to do with it. It's about what both clubs are comfortable with. North will be trying to maximise whatever they can now. If they feel like they're not getting any leverage with players, they're going to have to go hard on picks. The interesting thing for Port, who do you prioritise? Is it Rioli? Is it Jason Horn francis I mean, Rioli's not contracted. It has to be Jason Horn francis And then Radigalia is contracted. Hmm. The only way I can see the Radigalia one occurring is at the back end when if Geelong happen to get, say, Henry... They're pretty comfortable with now what they've got. It's a bit of a favour to let someone that you really love down there to have another opportunity. You do a, a fourth-round pick. Yep. Toss and I have been involved in those ones. You go, didn't really want to lose him. think he's still got something to offer, but if he gets a better opportunity, there's a there's a sense of help in that sense.
5: And it, and it makes sense for North to Trade, pick one. Tell me why. Because they're not getting the number one kid in the land.
4: hmm so that
5: really, being Will Ashcroft, who will yeah. go yeah. for the one, for the son. Exactly right. Yeah. So, um,
4: so if you can wrap your head around that, like if the yeah. supporters can wrap their head around that, saying, "Well, look, we're not likely to get that one," and yeah. he's, he's back end of his stuff, Ashcroft has been outstanding, yeah. outstanding. They're absolutely wrapped with him in Brisbane.
3: Yeah. So, so again, just just to keep continuing that theme, just yeah. for for the for the the lay people sauce who who don't totally get their heads around what you're saying there. So. Will Ascroft will be effectively the number one draft pick. Yep. North Melbourne's got number one pick, but the first live pick will be pick two, I suppose, in the, in that context. So, 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 therefore, they haven't got pick one no. to go back to pick that's, three.
5: That, that's so yeah. it's what's pick, what is pick two worth, you know? So pick one always has a premium, you yeah. know, and then if it's open, so if you can sort of look at the deal of pick one and go, okay, this is the value of pick one, and we're asking, we're asking for a you know, return for three twelve. 18 or 3, 12, 21, you know, and they all slide back one one spot, so it's 4, 13, 22, I think it starts to look pretty good. Yeah. From a north perspective. From a north yeah. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and it might be pick 15s. I'm not too sure where, where they value. I think the big thing what north would be looking at is that if we're trading pick one, where where where's the sweet spot in this draft? to say this is where we want to be picking. Mm. We know, you know, we might have um you know, 14 kids rated in the top 20 yep. or 18. We're really th- and we've got three picks inside that that particular spot. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty confident we'll get those we'll get those, three we'll of those. Get three of those. Yeah. Yeah.
4: The, yeah, the other thing Damo, if you if you think of it more broadly, if you think of the the strategy unfolding it may not be this year. They might be able to move one of those higher first-round picks into next year, and then trade that out for a player. Yeah. So the, the 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 thought process I would imagine would be, well, if we can gather some picks, you might be able to move one of your first-round picks into next year. There might be a player we're tracing next year, Already. not so much yeah. this year. So yep. there's a little bit of a longer. That's why I think it's a little bit of a longer lens to look at it this way. Yep. To say, well, if we can stock up now, because they are a bit, they're a bit short on picks. They've got a couple of the compo picks from the IFL and they've traded those out. So if you stock up now and you can move into next year's market, that's not a bad way, way to, to do it. Be. it.
3: Yeah. And Sos, does it also suggest to you too that, that GWS will have their eye on someone that they don't think will be there even at three on, on their current listing?
5: Yeah, well, what it, what it's telling you also is they probably don't value the depth in this draft to to, to go up to that level. I mean, I more, more often than not, I look at those picks and I'd be going, geez, I, I'd be go, happy to go to the draft with picks three, 12, 15, 18, 21, yeah, you yeah. know, I'd be wrapped, yep. but they may be saying, you know what, we're, we're not really happy where this draft's at. So let's, let's make sure we get in, you know, as high as we can. If I was
4: Blair Hartley, I'd be ringing North, trying to get that deal done. I reckon that softens the blow if, Hopper walks out the door and you've got the number one pick and get another gun midfielder.
3: Right. So there's an element of that too. Well,
4: yeah. Uh, they, Richmond can't have an influence, but yep. with something as high a value as what that is, you get the second best talent in the country coming through.
3: Yep. It's sellable to yeah your people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that that is the development of the uh, the afternoon. that GWS trying to to get involved with the conversations around North Melbourne, but North Melbourne. But the um yeah the stalemate component. Look again, Port Adelaide knows how this plays out. Not imagine that uh, Jay, Jason Cripps and, and Chris Davies will be very calm because they've gotten until Wednesday of next week. But as you said, sauce two of those three players they've now targeted are contracted. Yeah, and and that that is going to be the almighty battle because if you do keep rolling the dice and you play that that game of of you know. Um trade russian roulette you you can get to a stage where you' you've just gotta take what's on the table at that certain point yeah. unless you just concede you're not gonna get them so yeah.
5: yeah it's look they're they're in a situation where look all clubs would like to do a deal, and you know they've they they've got someone's livelihood in their hands and that and that's the player so. Um, as long as they keep the lines open of communication, but sometimes that can be shut <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. So, um, no, it's just uh, look, they'll get they'll start to get twitchy. I reckon. Say Monday afternoon is nothing <laughs> okay. being done.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah you um, you waited till about two hours before deadline, didn't you? Before you got a little bit nervous?
5: No, I, I think. You never got nervous. No, I think. Um, <laughs> got angry. <laughs> angry at times. Um, no, I, I think. I, I think as a list manager, to. Um, Dave, is that you, you, you? Obviously, your decisions are based on what you've agreed upon in list management. Yep. and you know, you walk out of there going, "Okay, this is what we're prepared to do." Um, are we are all happy with this, so you know where you're at. So you know where you can give a little bit, you know, give and take and whatever. Then you'll go back when a deal's been put across, and it's not quite what you thought it might, but it, it was marginal in terms of what you would have been hoping for. Sometimes you have a bit of a win. Mm. Sometimes you have a bit of a loss. So um, you want to move on um, from mm. things. So I, I guess, you, you know, you, you agree at list management, you know what you want to do. You go ahead and you try and execute it. If it doesn't happen or you can't get it done, you can't get it done. Mm, yeah. Like it, it is what it is. We're all in it together in yeah. there. So um, that's, that's where you get the, the comfort knowing that if you've got a good group behind you and they're going to support you in what you're doing, um, you should have that security yep. and comfort to be able to go. Okay, this is how we're going to execute. If we can't get it done, are we happy with this a- outcome?
3: Yep. We, we saw two days ago that Zach Butters was the the player of interest from a North Melbourne perspective. We you know revealed yesterday that, that Dan Houston was the, the the player of interest yesterday. Uh, clearly, to Soss's point, the the power is 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 not wanting to at this stage negotiate and and, and engage in any form of communication around the potential loss of a play, but. It was only, what, four years ago, five years ago, when they um, obviously transacted with Hawthorne over Chad Wingard and and they demanded that the Hawks cough up Ryan Burton on the way back. I mean, they know the way this works and and that ultimately shook that deal out. Um, If you go back to, I mean, a lot of the big deals, I mean, the the Chris Judd one had um, Josh Kennedy attached to it. The the Brad Ottens one had, it was a little player, but it was still a player in Brent Maloney who the Geelong Footy Club felt bad for because he came out. So often a player is involved of of significant note at that point in time.
5: Yeah, and that's look. I, I admire what Porter doing because I think we'd all be trying to do the same thing: mm. protect the players we really want, mm. you know. Um, so, but this is if we go back to the situation of Horn Francis, this is what occurs when a a player and a manager decide late, um, you know, that they want to leave the club. All of a sudden, you're throwing a spanner in the works, mm. and you're going, "Well, how are we going to get this done?" and and that's what's really important and i'm not criticizing um, jason's manager here but that's why you want to be able to make sure that a deal can be done before you actually try and move a player out of the, a, a football club yeah um and give that give that team that that club's uh, that player is coming from enough time to get something done either with that club or another club or bring a player in that might fill the hole that the player is leaving yeah Did you ever jump
4: on the phone and ring managers like a broadside, supposedly what's reported with Cripper and ringing a bunch of managers to say, don't entertain? Because if if you have, why would you do it? If you you feel your environment's in a pretty good spot and all your players want to stay, why would you be ringing to make sure that they're
5: not entertaining discussions? To me, it's strange practice. I think maybe because um, there might be some offers that, players can't refuse. Well, yeah, the yeah. manager you can't know? not take a call from a club. No, he can't. No, well, look, I no think, he, he, I, Exactly. I, I, I mean, think you're he's... right what you're saying, but I think it perfectly makes sense. But I think you know the club is going to try and do everything possible to protect its interests. And, yeah. and that's hmm. maybe just a double check to say, listen, let's make sure we which, get to Which is managers. right,
4: but they haven't got enough leverage to bring what they want. No, to. exactly, no. exactly right. And we know they're trying to unlock next year, yeah, a couple of picks, yeah. so that gives them two first, a second, and it's a lot of work to be doing yeah. to get them to a point.
3: But the first for next year, as we've said before, it could be as low as 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean, they're mm-hmm. planning to win a premiership next year, the way yeah. they're trying to wade through this trade period. Yeah. We're to take a break. Um, Nobs, you'll have a couple of clubs to review today. You've got on the menu St Kilda and Port Adelaide. Are you in a position to... Uh after this break, actually go with Port Adelaide because we uh, are talking about them a bit this period and we'll be keen to see, I'll be keen to see uh, where you rate them coming out of 2022 and, and what they could do in this trade period going into 2023. So we'll take a look at that. You're listening to Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. Trade up to Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tires today. David Noble to review the Port Adelaide Footy Club next.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit MEGT.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, tilers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up.
5: Oh, look, I mean, that, as I say, that's something that Cripper um, that here and, and Brady will work through. You know, I certainly don't want
0: to um, leave this conversation or any not acknowledging that, um, that Jason is a, is a really good player and, and ultimately the, the club will be willing to, to work with North Velvet to find a, the, the right trade and, and the right um, outcome for both parties.
3: That's Chris Davies there from Port Adelaide Football Club. Uh, obviously, talking about Jason Horn Francis, the player that uh, wants to get to the power and the the stalemate that that has become. We've just uh, addressed that issue and the various uh, lockdown in communication. The the power has currently got with West Coast over Junior Rioli, North Melbourne over Jason Horn Francis, and Geelong over Asava Radigaleer. We're going to continue the Port Adelaide theme because it's now time for.
2: Nobles Nows, for Ego Power tools. Think outside with the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment.
3: David Noble, to continue his review of each and every club. Uh,
4: Nobles, the power. The power. I'm not as bullish as the power and quite a lot have been. Really? Yeah, I must say. Um, I still think they've got a lot of question marks. I, I get the sense of what they're trying to do. Jason coming in, he's a very. Un, he's not an established player. Um, let's be honest, he's a high talent. We know that he's not, not established. Radigalia, not an established player. Um, Rioli, yeah, got some talent, but again, has very much got fluctuations of, you know, up and down. So, um, so from a growth perspective, um, ability to get better, I've only got them at a six demo. I, I think they're, you know, they've got a group in there that have developed. Um, but I still think, you know, if you look at Houston, Jonas, Clary, Burn Jones in the sort of their back end, um, Finlayson, Rosie, Georgiardis down that back, the forward end, um, Fantasia. I'm not sure. Dixon's another year older, Boke's another year older. So yeah, you know, I just think there's still quite a few question marks for me as to, to where they're at. So that's why I've got their growth as a six, yep. um, in the development space players coming through, I think they've done that probably three or four years ago, they had that big chunk coming through. So I, again, I've got them as a six, they've got a couple of young guys you know, ready to come through there. But I don't know if they're going to get the space to develop very quickly. Um, really stable coach. Um, did a really good job this year after five or six rounds. Actually shifted his game plan a fair bit. Um, took the ball a bit more down the side. Played a little bit like sort of Melbourne in trying to protect that corridor. Um, the way they, they defend the ground really well. Um, you know, I, as I've mentioned here, I like the way Chris operates. Chris Davies is the, is the GM of footy. Um, salary cap seems to be in a pretty good spot. If they're able to, you know, put a fairly solid offer in front of Jason, um, you know, Rioli, I would imagine would need a, a fairly decent deal. And I don't know what, you know, Radigali would be on, but seems like their salary cap's in a reasonable spot. So that's probably a seven. Um, the premiership profile is an interesting one. I've only got them as a six. So I actually think they're in a bit of a renovation, bit of a, they need a bit of an upgrade. I don't think it's a full building a new extension on the house and, you know, having to sort of go through that. So I've only got them in between eight and nine. I think they've got a couple of years in front of them to really stock up underneath okay. before they're really ready to go again. So they they might surprise, but a lot of the talk has been if they get it right. Yeah. And so I just think they're in this little bit of an upgrade mode at the moment to get them ready to go again in a couple of years' time. So,
3: so you're not looking at it as I have been and maybe mistakenly, so doing two, 2020 when they lost a prelim final by a kick and then 2021 they lost a prelim final by a lot. Um, I just looked at last year as an aberration with the zero five 5 start. You're looking at it a bit deeper
4: than that. I think they've gone back a little yeah. bit and to, to reset. So I think if you look, I've got the premiership window. I've got your rebuild side. Maybe you're in a spot where you're doing an extension. So that's sort of about six to eight. Yeah. And I think they're in this upgrade, slight renovation. So the frame's all there. Like you want to do the bathroom, you got to do an upgrade. But you don't need to go to council to do planning. <laughs> You've just got to get a couple of good plays. But I think they need a couple of cracks at it over the trade period. And the draft. Okay. Because if Jason comes in, that ticks that box from talent. Yep. Because he's, you know, first pick last year. So, but yeah, it's an interesting watch for me, but I'm not as bullish as, hmm. as probably what I am against, uh, say, Carlton. Yep. What do you see him,
5: Yeah, they're interesting. I think at their best, they're a top four team. Everyone in there playing well. Um, Dixon, another year older, I think he's massive to their team. Um, we saw what happened when, they, when he wasn't playing. Yep. Um, and I really worry about another key defender down back for them. I reckon they they lack that tall key defender. So they're the two areas that if one of their tall fours go down, and you can understand, say, a ear, why they they're, they're yeah. pursuing that. Um, but that's that's the area is that I'm concerned about their key position players. Small forward Robbie
4: Gray, you know. You know, great of the game that's now retired. Um, so they're they're trying to cover the the areas. I think midfield Reoli, they need that yeah. explosion. So yeah. Rioli, Horn, Francis, Radigalia, yeah. it ticks the boxes on all those areas. Now if. Two of those don't get there, mm. as we've previously talked about.
5: Yep. And Robbie Robbie Gray's retired now. Yep, I mean he he still took a good play, didn't he? He did. Yeah, right Absolutely. to the very end. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think they can generate their midfield. Yeah, like they can get Rosé through there and Butters through there a little bit more. And well, they've you know, done you know, that, yeah. that, that. That's that project's underway, yeah. isn't it? And, yeah. it? and it works. So that yeah. that 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 will give them some, some a point of difference through the midfield. I just feel at each end that. Um, you know, that key position player, I reckon they just lack one, even a swing swing man yeah. that can go forward mm. and back or back or forward.
3: Mm. Yep. Interesting take there. Something I hadn't thought of, uh, the way David Noble has uh, reviewed and viewed the Port Adelaide Football Club. We'll take a break. Yeah, we'll open the calls up for the, the first time together today on the late trade, one 300 48 If you want to give us some feedback on uh, – the assessment there of Port Adelaide by David Noble. If you want to talk about the, uh, the goings and the toings and goings between Port Adelaide, West Coast, North Melbourne, Geelong, or anything else you want to talk about relating to the 2022 Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio System, the floor is yours. one we will speak to you on the other side of this. The
2: Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse.
3: You're listening to Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. This is The Late Trade. We have opened up the talkback line, one 55 48 There's a couple of spots, uh, which is very unusual there if you want to uh, – Join those who've called in. one three hundred twenty we will go to Brett first in Broadmeadows. Hi, Brett.
1: Hi, how are you? Well, mate. That's good. Um, I'm just wondering how far along the Gunston, how far away the Gunston deal is away from being done.
3: I've got no wind of it being uh, close, uh, but I, I just don't see how it won't happen, Brett. It's a... Uh, it's the identification of a, of a really good player who was uh, wanted um, by several clubs. He has nominated the the Lions. Uh, they're a good, well-run footy club. I just can't see why they won't get it done. They chose, obviously, to take the compensation for the loss of their own free agent in McStay. So it will need to be transacted through their... Their draft picked offerings um what have they got 19 25 34 35 36 it, it'll be in the 34 35 36 range I would think sauce and yep. nobs wouldn't it would not be anything yep. higher than that um and 73 and or 91 are too late so it'll be one of those three picks I reckon Brett and I reckon that's what Hawthorne will be conditioned Tuesday or Wednesday for as well week, yeah it, it'll it'll happen though Brett it won't uh, yeah, a player of that caliber going public the way he had in advance of it becoming Official and in advance of Brisbane making the comments around him, um, yeah, it will get done. Thank you for your call. We'll go to Steve now, who's called in from Mosman. Hi,
1: Steve. G'day, guys. How's it going? Well, mate. That's good. Uh, just giving a call in regards to the opportunity for the dogs here potentially to, once the Dunkley deal gets done, the chance of bringing in someone like a Tom Deconi from Carlton as that key keyback pillar or that keyback post after we've lost Cordy. Is anything like that a chance of getting done or are the dogs doing themselves in by leaving it so late and playing such hardball with a dunkley?
3: Uh, look, I'll, I'll just jump in the specifics of Tom DeConing. He, he's contracted for next year for Carlton. And, and to me, he's going to be the big story of 2022 as he emerges and comes through the uh, the system. And I think he'll come out of contract in that year and, and, and be v- as valuable as anyone going around potentially. So I, I can't see the Bulldogs uh, engaging at at this late stage of this trade period. So, you obviously know him. You, yeah. you, re- you recruited him, Tom DeConing, um, and he's contracted for next year.
5: Yeah, look, I wouldn't imagine anything happening now. Um, and, and, and to be able to, and and, and this is, as this um, trade period um, draws to an end, to be able to do medicals and interview players. And at this time of the year, players have gone away. They, some are overseas, some are in a state. So it becomes really difficult. So I wouldn't imagine that happening at all. But I could understand why they would pursue it.
4: Yeah. Does, does a server become an option for the dogs if you can't get to port? So, put Liam Jones in. Probably not. If they get Lobb, mm. I think if Lob falls over, then yeah, you know that's that's going to be an interesting. There's, one, I think a
3: lot of big guys there who ultimately are unproven, aren't they? I mean, yeah. um, they, they've they've dropped Gardner a few times or a couple of times. They've they've dropped Darcy, Alex Keith. Yeah. Darcy still got four games only to his name, and yeah. Shaky's played a lot of AFL. Yeah. And, and Lobb is meant to come in. Steve, uh, thank you for your call. And, and again, there's a lot to play out with that Dunkley uh, movement too uh, between now and Wednesday night. Uh, Nick now in Kensington. Hi, Nick.
1: Hey, boys. How you doing? Good, mate. That's good. I was just wondering, with North. With talk, North may trade out of that number one pick. What type of player do you think North should be targeting in the draft? Because in my opinion, it has to be like a Cadman or a Sheasel, Somebody can come in and kick 25, 30 goals. But... I feel as though that who GWS would target if they were going to get that number one kick off north. Yeah,
4: yep. I think they need still need help in most areas. Um, I think the midfield's probably a little bit more sound at the moment. Powell came through again this year. Will Phillips wasn't able to get on the paddock due to glandular fever. But I think at either end of the ground, I think Mackay needs support down that back end. I mean, Griffin Logue's come in as, as helped that. But probably the other end hasn't quite been addressed it yet. You know, support for Larky and, and Cam Zuhar. So, yeah, another forward. Um, you know, there was a lot of discussion 18 months ago about, you know, um, taking another midfielder. So mm. we took Will Phillips because we wanted to sort of build from the inside out. So.
3: Yep. Uh, Brady Ruling spoke on the North Melbourne website earlier this week about the uh, potential around pick one. Yeah, we'll have to weigh all that up now, Cal. Um, obviously, it's something we'd always listen to. If we um, if we were to get a deal that uh, satisfies us for, for pick one, um, we'd consider it. But as you mentioned, if, if Jason was to leave throughout this period, um, we certainly have to consider whether we, we we keep that pick one as well. I think that was an interview with Cal Toomey on uh, Trade Radio. Um, that was Nick in Kensington. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Luke in Geelong now. Hi, Luke.
1: G'day, guys. Just um, touching base. Obviously, Essendon have had a pretty busy recruitment drive upstairs. But um, what are they doing during the trade?
3: They're a bit hamstrung, aren't they, with the uncertainty around uh, a lot of aspects of their their club? And and, and Brad Scott um, has sort of made sort of small noises, hasn't he, guys, about not wanting to do anything rash, not doing just for the sake of it, just because the players there don't bring it in. It certainly has hamstrung what Adrian Dodoro probably could have done, yeah. even if he had some big plans. But
5: I think if you listen to Brad Scott, he's, he's spoken about some short-term pain. They, they, they need to go to the draft, and he's prepared to go to the draft. And, and look, he's smart enough to know that he's come in late and the ability to go and secure players when they didn't have a coach, mm. he'd understand that. So, um, look, they'll probably see what's available. I, I think they might bring in a player or two that probably not the top-end player but mm. might just suit a need. Um, probably not a star, but a a role player in a sense and with some upside possibly, but they'll have a look what sort of um, is left over. And and what what, um, I guess the listeners shouldn't forget is that there will be another delisting period where a lot of these players are still sitting on that list and they're hoping, clubs would be hoping that they can trade these players um, for something, Um, but then at the end of the day, realising that there's not a lot of interest in them they could be delisted and yeah. they become available as so well.
4: What do they get for Francis if he goes to Sydney? Is it a third, second? Let's have a look at what Sydney's got.
3: Um, it won't be 14 or 17. They've got no. 37. That that might be arguably too high. But at the same time, he was a first rounder himself. Yeah. Um, 37 is probably a, a fair fit when you it's, play it's that so, out. It, it could Saucer's be a right.
4: future. could be a future. I mean, the the ones that sort of come to my mind are the Brown boys. You know, like they've already been delisted. Like mm. there's opportunity. I think both of those guys have yep. got capability of playing at, at AFL yep. level, and they might suit Brad's. And the only rules that
3: are still in place, aren't they? That uh, you've got to get remove three players off each list every single year to take three players in the draft. That that's a that, simple that explanation. That,
5: but you can prom- you can promote, promote. A, rookie, a rookie, sorry, a rookie, as a part rookie. of that three. Yeah. 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 Okay. Even though and they've some got clubs the same do that. Rights. Yeah.
3: It's- yeah. Look, thanks for your call. Uh, Jacob now in Belmont. Hi, Jacob.
6: How's it going, boys? Um, just two questions. Um, one of them, for, say, Jackson and Dunkley, if, they, if their deals don't get done because they're out of contract, can their clubs re them or are they forced to go to the draft? And then the second question was probably more aimed for soft. Um, with the Jackson, well, with the Freo, Collingwood, and Melbourne all tied up with the rock Trays, in his opinion, who has the whipping hand? Because it seems like Collingwood are the weakest in terms of they have to get Brody off their books because of the money. Um, so does that leave then Melbourne and then Freo in a stronger position, or just his view of like what obviously it's a guess, but what he thinks will actually happen in terms of those two being done?
5: yeah it's a little bit complicated, isn't it? Um, very. So look, if they don't um, get these deals done, um, those players can um, or clubs can renegotiate with those those players to to stay on the list and uh, agree try and agree to a a contract. so that can happen. Um, but obviously at the moment they're they're trying to get deals done with other clubs. I really don't know which which trades are most important. Which which one's the first one that should go down? It's um, there just seems to be other clubs coming into the equation, and and they're trying to. It's not as simple as it really looks at the moment. I can't I can't see a um an avenue in, in relation to how this get is getting done. What I would know is what. Sorry, what I do know is that I could imagine back in those list management rooms, Nobs, that up on the blackboard, <laughs> yeah. there'd be that many scenarios and seeing what clubs can actually help out here. Um, and even to a point that sometimes when a club's not involved in anything, and it might be someone like Essendon right at the moment who's got to pick four, um, and they know, well, you know, we're really struggling to get some plays through here. What can we do with pick four? Is someone gonna come and ask for pick four? Can we do something with it? Can we get a couple of picks inside ten or one that just drifts out maybe four or five spots and we get something else through the door? So they're all the things that these clubs would be thinking about. So but I actually I I can't think of a solution at the moment. I yeah. think
4: one of the ones that's holding it up is Brisbane. The Dunkley deal. Hmm. If the if the dogs had another pick to go after Lob a bit harder, yep, that starts the chain. Yep. So at the moment, for me, I was trying to think about it a bit this morning, is the complexity of all... So those three clubs are absolutely involved. But don't forget, Brisbane are in it up to their ball, eyeballs at the moment with Dunkley. Yep. So if they got something done, which I don't think will happen quickly, the knock-on effect is that Frio could get something done. or Bulldogs could get something done with Frio. yeah Frio, yeah. But, then... Uh, the, then
3: but then frio has got the Jackson. Yeah, yeah. correct. That's yeah. right. So I can go the other mm-hmm. way so I can I can well. go The other way as well. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But it's Brisbane are still in it as well. Yeah, yeah. I think
3: they they are the ones um, holding we, a lot we, of things up. And yeah. we
4: think the Grundy one's going to get done.
3: Yeah, I, I to me it's just a lock. Yeah. It's just how it looks and, and what time it comes. But yeah, that's that's in. Jacob, thanks for your call. Let's go to Theo now in Port Ferry. Hi Theo.
1: Hey guys, how are you? Good mate. Um. Sam Hayes from the Power. Is he an option to go to either North, West Coast or Geelong? He is. He's easily out of favour. Last back from injury, Finn Layson, Brent Heekle in the team. Could he go to either West Coast with not nearly retiring or Goldstein as North? He'll be going soon. Or even Geelong, who haven't really had a proper ruckman in recent times.
4: He could. He's, he's, I'm sure he'd be one that they would be, those clubs would be working through. I mean, they're the ones you're trying to find when you're scouting sort of through the list, the ones that one might be looking for opportunities. So I think you're right there. I think it's one that would come into the discussion around, does he fit us as an option? Mm. But yep. again, you've got, to, you've got to convince him, you've got to get the medicals done, <laughs> all that type of thing. But yep. yes, he would fit, I think.
3: Theo, thanks for your call. Um, we're going to go to a break, but uh, for those already on the line, hold on. Greg Lewis- Evan, hold on. And if you want to add your names to, to that list, 1300 2355 We'll take all your calls again on the other side of this break. 1300 2355
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today and Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse.
3: We're continuing with your calls on the late trade on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. We'll head straight to Adelaide. Greg has called in. Hi, Greg.
6: Yeah, okay. How
3: are you going?
1: Good, mate. Good. Um, So just wondering what your, uh, yeah, what the thoughts there might be on Justin Reed's tenure at Adelaide um, after it's been a pretty, or another uncreative and pretty passive trade period, um, yeah, just uh, I get the supporter base is pretty in the dark. Nothing really comes out of the club, um, so no dealers can talk or anything like that. Um, after you know, not playing a game for nearly a couple of months. So yeah, just wondering. You want um, some news, Greg? You yeah, want Rick, some news? Yeah.
3: yeah, look, they're in the nice position of of having Isaac. Rank and obviously nominate them, and and obviously pick five will will need to be used somehow. I know what I'd be doing if I was Justin Red right now. I would be doing all I can to play curveball on Port Adelaide and what's happening with Jason Horn Francis. Particularly now, it's at a at a pure stalemate stage. Now we know that he doesn't want to go there, but we also know that uh, the option for Jason Horn Francis would be better as a backup to stay in Adelaide than to go back to North Melbourne. So that's what I would be doing right now, and that might require being creative with pick five and what next year's first pick looks like, but I'd be doing all I could to at least have a, a holding position on that.
5: Yeah. I I, I tend to agree. I guess for Adelaide fans is that it's really difficult when you're going through that rebuild. Yeah. And one, it's difficult to get players to come to you purely because um, most players that leave clubs want to go to a club that's going to play finals, you know, straight away. And we see probably why Horn Francis has picked Adelaide to a little bit, thinking that they're more advanced and sorry Port um, than 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 the Crows. But I actually like what Adelaide doing because they've gone and got a really good player in Rankin, and I I really rate him. I think he could be a he's an elite talent. Yeah, so I think that's a real win for him. But they're also saving money, so I'm sure over the next year or two, and I know it sounds a long way away. That they'll be hitting that free, mar- uh, free agency market heavily yeah. and they'll be, they'll be eyeing a couple of plays off.
3: Yeah. Now, again, I, I think he's doing all he can do, Greg, for, for what it's worth. But that, again, behind the scenes, we don't know what they are doing with Jason Horn Francis. Just on uh, Justin Reed, Greg, we, um, we did speak, uh, we, as in Trade Radio, spoke with Justin Reed last week uh, about movements outside of rank, and he had this to say.
1: I think we'll be pretty quiet. I mean, um, Isaac on the back of Geordie Dawson last year. We've gone to the draft, as you both would know, over the last four years, you know, with a lot of picks and and bringing in some high-end talent. So we need to give that time to settle. So we need to expose the list, get some games into the list as well. So I think we'll be pretty quiet. We'll... We'll look at Isaac and then and go to the draft most likely. We're pretty tight for list spots as well.
3: Justin Reid there last week on Trade Radio. Greg, thanks for your, your call. There will be some movement uh, obviously before Wednesday deadline around ranking, at the very least and potentially some other uh, smaller movements. But uh, that's the, the state of the Crows at the moment. Lewis now in Myrtleford. Hi, Lewis.
1: G'day, gents. Um, yeah, I guess another more probably a, a comment than a question about the Crows. Um it seems a foregone conclusion that we're we're going to use pick five for Rankin. Um, looks like we're going to miss out on Horn Francis. Is it an idea or an option to try and use a future first rounder for Rankin instead of this year's and get in, say, there's a bloke in the top end of the draft, Matthias Philippou, big-bodied midfielder, um, who could fill that Horn Francis role that we're sort of desperately crying out for.
5: Yeah, so that rank and deal hasn't been done yet. Hasn't been done yet, no. So that, that could be an option. That could be something that they're haggling over where it's the future first or mm. or pick five. So um, as I've mentioned, I don't really know the draft. So I don't know about the uh, the player you're talking about, the South Australian boy you're talking about there. But um, certainly that's something I'm sure the Crows would be looking at.
3: The, the benefits, uh, Nobs, of, of knowing what this year's pick is and that, that being pick five against offering the future first round, I mean... Adelaide won seven matches last year. I think they won seven or eight this year. So yep. they're, they're tracking okay, and it, yep. w- it wouldn't be a stretch for them to win ten matches next year, but still be a fair way off the eight. But that might be that would put them into a zone where it might be pig eight or nine. Yep. So it's it's dangerous, isn't it? If you if you're not knowing what
4: it is, it is absolutely, and I and I think for for Greg and Lewis, like I think the the growth of their team, whilst it's not it's not always as fast as we want it to be. And supporters I, I absolutely get it because they go and pay their money every week to go and encourage the team. But I actually think they're tracking pretty well. Like, mm. I totally agree. They could bounce into somewhere around 10, 11, 12 wins next year. Yep. Um, you know, they've got the the youth coming through. We know Sloaney had an injury this year. Um, we know this, the state of play would say someone like Matty Crouch that might just be there now as a support as they're coming through. So they have gone to the draft pretty hard, Um and so, therefore, I think they're quite well planned as, a, as an overall. I think Reedy's pretty good on the planning. It's just it wants to be qu- – I mean, we feel like it needs to be quicker, but I
5: think they're actually in a good spot. Yeah. D- Dave, why do you think that deal hasn't been done?
4: I think they want something back. As well as five? Like, to give five, I think there's back. a bit of wrangling yeah. with some other picks. Okay. Gold Coast might want a little bit more, and so if you give them a little bit more, then they want something else sort of back in through that. So what have they got? They've got 5, 23, and 61 – Or 81.
3: 81, yeah. Um, Um, To me, me it's as clean a number as you could get for someone like Rankin. I mean, Rankin, three went um, four years ago, and I feel he's validated that pick and and, and arguably enhanced his pick. And if he could get away with it with five, I think that's not a bad deal. But I I get the need to get something back, just even if it unlocks something else. But again, the future first may be part of it, and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with the Jason Horn friends' possibilities. This is part
4: of the interesting thing. So when we've both had dealings with – Someone like Wells, I mean, we go back to that quite a lot. It's go, here's pick five. He goes, yep, no worries, let's get it done. Yeah. yeah look, there, there's some, and Reedy's probably one of those ones that will ask for a little bit more. Yeah. Dom will ask for a bit more. Like, there's a few <laughs> of them in there that's, and sometimes it's just like, well, I can't sauce. remember what Steven I did. Stephen Silveroni would always <laughs> ask for a little bit a whole extra, lot more. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. you yeah. Ask, always yeah. ask for cash.
3: And Adrian Adaro, I just make it difficult. Yeah. Is it-
4: <laughs> no, So so sometimes you just go, look, that seems reasonable. Let's get it done. As we sort of talked about to this point in time, my theory is always to try to get something done early. Yeah, if you can lock something away yeah. and, mm. and move, there's because I think when you move into next week, there's less risk. There's less risk of having to make decisions that you might not A- and win the out on.
3: Clubs you are dealing with are also dealing with other clubs on yep. other matters, and they're they're sidetracked and they don't yeah. have your uh, your full attention.
5: Yeah, yeah, and just just cast my own back. How difficult it is when you've got so many balls in the air, yeah. so many players. It's and then. You know, you you don't listen to the media um, in terms of their commentary, but... Some do. Well... You don't let it worry you. Some fret over it. When when they say you you know you're holding everything up. A lot, a lot you're, sauce. Hold, you're holding everything up. going hang on, take it gets back. It. <laughs> um, so, so you know when I mean I'm just I'm just looking at it from the list managers point of view that yeah, yeah you've got so many balls in the air you, you're trying to wait for some other deal but yet you're the one holding everything up.
3: <laughs> it's not you, uh, Lewis, Thanks for your call, Evan. Now in Lilydale. Hi, Evan.
6: Hey, how, hey How are
3: you? Good mate. I
6: will just over. Question about uh, Josh Bruce and Lockie Hunter. Do you reckon the Ds should have a crack at any of those boys?
3: The Ds. Um, I could see Josh Bruce playing there, actually. I hadn't thought of it before you've posed it. Does it make sense uh, to the experts oh, look, in the room? I think,
5: Josh, when you – I think pre-knee pre injury, I think he, he was really up and going and mm. valuable. I just question where he's at coming off that knee injury. I, I, I think he really struggled when he when he came back. So this is going to be a big preseason for him, just to see whether he can get that agility back. Because the year he had when he did his knee, he looked super fit. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked as fit as I've ever seen him. So it's a big preseason for him. Um, do, they, do they look? I reckon they could have some interest in Josh Bruce, but I wouldn't think Lockie Hunter.
3: Right. Anything on that? Nope.
4: Yeah, I think I think Lockie might suit them a little bit, uh, and I I think what they'd have to weigh up is how Josh plays as a forward. Like he's, predom- I'm just trying to think, he's predominantly lead up, Mark. Like he does sort of stand under it a little bit, but Norton probably has done that. So if there's less, I mean, I, I guess I look at Tex when Tex did his, you know, his ability to jump into the pack was a little bit more compromised at that point in time. But if Josh, they, the bigger guys take twelve months normally, yeah, they get did. going again.
3: Evan, thanks for your call. Let's go to Warnable now where Mike has called in. Hi, Mike.
6: G'day, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Uh, love your show. Love your show. Um, what, what do you think of this? So the Cats get uh, Jack Bowes and Pick 7. They give Pick 7 to the Pies, and the Pies give them back Jack Henry and Pick 16.
3: Ollie Henry and Ollie- Pick 16. Um yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see that uh, being you know the yeah. the, the, the breaker in, when it t- comes to the negotiations over Ollie Henry, but but whether the pie's like that, I, I don't know. I don't claim to know, but it gets them up the draft, doesn't
4: it? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. It's well, you're only losing a player for a slide of nine s- picks.
3: Hmm. And he clearly wants to get out of there. Yeah, Mike, of all the hypotheticals that uh, we get thrown to us, I, I think that one uh, could stack up. Thank you for your call. We'll try to get through two more before we go to a break and go to Soss's philosophical offering for today. Yeah, uh, Simon in Morris.
1: Yeah, good day, guys. Just um, haven't been hearing anything about Hunter Clark. Um, I see Hunter Clark as being um, just – I'm so excited about him. Obviously – He's had a rough uh, run with injuries, Um, but you know these guys, six foot one, six foot two, always seem to have so much um, time on their hands. um, With a bit of luck, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I kind of almost see him as being a bit of a a young Pendlebury, just lots of time, great off the left, um, great off both sides. Um, Is there any talk, any
6: further talk about him leaving, or are we looking to recontract him? I think he's just got a year to go on his uh, on his current
3: deal. Yeah, he's got one year, one year to go, Simon. Uh, and I heard nothing since his name has come up in that speculative way. I think North Melbourne was a, a, a team of interest. There would have been several other teams of interest for him. But I, I'd, I'd be surprised if St. Kilda engaged in serious conversation about him, unless he has just said to them, I've got to get out. But I, I haven't heard that either. So uh, no update.
5: Yeah, no. look, I, I think uh, he's a really talented player. Injury is... Um actually held him back. Mm. I, I always saw him know um, coming through as a junior that he could be the elite half back, the deliverer of the football, but also push into the midfield. Yeah. Um, but I guess injury hasn't allowed him to build up his tank to be able to go through there. But potentially I see him as a midfielder if over time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I
4: think the Webster's gone back a bit deeper. Hill's gone to half back to allow him to maybe go into the midfield, but it's yeah, I look I I obviously sat down there. They rate him highly, and I don't think there's any chance that they'd let him go.
3: Yep. Fair enough. Simon, thanks for your call. Um, Aaron, Mark, Jim, apologies. We'll have to get to you at some later stage. So uh, we, we need to take a break. We need to get to uh, SOS's Philosophical on the other side of it. Nobs also has to review a second club today, that being St Kilda, who is the focus of a fair bit of talk there and just our, our caller regarding Hunter Clark. So uh, a break, and then SOS on the other side of it with Philosophical.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from
3: Chemist Warehouse. So you two have got some pull. You just, in the previous ad break, you demanded that Benny Line go and get you a whiteboard and, and you just click your fingers and it's about to come in. You'll be able to be happy and get all your uh, possibilities up on the whiteboard. Sauce and notes. We're both
4: visual. We just yeah. want to put some things old up school stuff.
3: Um, we had a call a moment ago about the potential, and it was a hypothetical question that that, that we uh, were thrown, and that was the potential for Collingwood and Geelong to to swap picks seven and sixteen as part of the Ollie Henry situation. Daz on the uh, the text machine has reminded us uh, that uh, pick seven, where which the Cats um, will want to use for uh, for Jai Clark, and that will be the pick seven that comes with the Jack Bowes transaction. So Jai Clark being someone that Matty Rendell uh, has identified as the next Joel Selwood, which uh, will scare every other supporter of every other club even more than they already are, having seen the Cats win this year's flag and then bringing three players who were formerly number one draft pick, or sorry, first round draft picks into this system. So I think we can take that hypothetical (laughs) off the table after all that.
4: Maddie did say that GWS were going to win three flags in a row too. Don't remind him. (laughs) Um,
3: SOS, now time for this.
2: It's time to get Philo with Stephen Silvani, AFL Trade Radio's local expert. Become a local expert. Get leads, run your business, and improve your cash flow from one app.
3: Soss and you too, Nobbs, jump in, as, uh, as is always the case on the late trade. Today's Philo the obligation of a, of a club that gets a, a big-name player to, to nominate publicly to get the deal done, I, I, there's been very few occasions where it hasn't happened. But just take us behind the scenes on on the aspects of all of that, how it goes about, what needs to be done before those words are, are uttered publicly. And we refer to basically the, the two big ones at the moment, that being the Josh Dunkley to Brisbane Lions and Luke Jackson to Fremantle. Still in motion, still well In play and progressing, probably as you'd expect, slowly, but by deadline next Wednesday will be done. But just take us through, both of you, please, how it's done, um, who speaks first, uh, who who strikes the deal?
5: Generally, I think, Nobbs, when a player leaves a club or decides to leave a club or a club inquires about a player, it's through the manager. So the manager is the key in a lot of ways. So he will look whether that, that player that he manages, whether it suits um, that player, whether that player suits that club and vice versa. So um, the play uh, the playing manager is so important. And then if everything aligns, um, whether the player agrees, yes, I, 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 you know, I'd like to talk to this, this particular club, or the club wants to talk to this player. It's how is this deal going to be done? Because that's, what the pl- the player manager needs to know whether he, he whether he thinks that the club can facilitate a deal with the club that that player is going to be coming from so that's really in short that's the most important part because if a player manager doesn't think a deal can be done m- more often than not you won't even get the opportunity to speak to that player unless you've got a another avenue whether you've got a relation that might know him or a friend that might know him um, yeah, you you won't get a look in.
3: So, um, just on that aspect, and before we sort of get back to the, I suppose that the wider premise of today's philosophical, are you always confident that you going through a manager gets through to the player in the way you want it to get through? Or do you think sometimes they withhold information for various other reasons?
5: Look, I, I think we're. I'm realis- asking because I think it happens sometimes. Yeah, so. we're realistically enough that, um, and it probably gets back to relationships. To be perfectly honest, Nabs, yeah. like. I mean, you you do, you have some really good relationships with some managers that, you know, you can speak openly and honestly with and you try and do it with all, but there's a small portion, and I guess whether that's, um, you know, that your personality clashes with their personality because that can happen too. There there might be some doubts in whether you can be upfront, you know, in some way. And and I think that's life in general, you know. So, um, but having said that, more often than not, I'm confident that if if you've put something across to a player that it's you know, that it's it's that player. It is is, yeah, yeah, doable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and those from the from the club perspective, uh Again, what, what needs to be dotted and which I's need to be dotted and T's crossed in terms of the going public aspect of it. I mean, it's a it was brave for, for what, um, well, brave in the trade sense of brave in, in what Josh Dunkley did two years ago when it was Essendon that he's nominated a club. And he had the contract with the Bulldogs that meant that didn't happen. And he stayed for the next two years, won the best and first this year, has gone down the same path again. But again has gone public enough to know that uh, he's got a club of choice being Brisbane. How's that work from the Brisbane perspective?
4: Yeah, so I think, so then to follow up from what Soss is saying, once that commitment has been made, that we can actually get the deal done, managers got the player, the met the coach, game plan fit in here, been to facilities, that type of thing. I think once the player's got a level of comfort that he feels that the club's committed to him, you know, in uh, an an official behind-the-scenes manner, the manager will tick off the deal, say, yep, the the money's good, the tenure's right. Then I think the player can then make it public. There's a little bit of to and fro I think, that then goes on behind the scenes as to who rings who first in regards to saying, okay, well, look, he's decided to come to us. Um, we're thinking of this, or do you want to catch up? Some will wait for the other size to come. And that comes back to sort of, I think it comes back to the relationship you have with other mm. list managers. But there's also a strategic negotiation piece that you go, well, we'll just wait and see what they want to do and let them come first. So there's a bit of that. But I think once the player feels he's been committed to, then I think you're on. And the
3: obligation component to to all of that from the club's perspective, when it's so public and you've then got no other way other than to then Deliver. I yep. mean, that carries its own pressure because you've got to get the obviously the player across, but you can't be giving up too much to, to get him across. And that's where these clubs are at right now, obviously. Yep. And, and you've both been in those situations. But the weight of that obligation, given the expectations, and this period is dominated by members' and, and supporters' views as much as anyone's mm-hmm. when it comes to the, you know, the feeling around them all.
4: And as Soss has mentioned a couple of times, sorry, mate, that you the more balls you've got in the air, the more complex it becomes for you. So if you've got less... Going on, so Brisbane are trying to stack the deck at the moment to get as many points as they can and get the Dunkley deal done at the same and, time and Dunstan as and well tr- and, and Jack through the door. So they, they're managing a bit of both and Fletcher. So, yeah.
5: so if we go back to the Horn Francis situation, now at the end of the year he was staying. Okay, so that that's my understanding and you take it in good faith that he was going to stay. Well, he went
3: public with that. He he went public with that even at the All-Australian, the awards night um, where he was interviewed on Fox footy and said, I've spoken to go and, yeah, we're good. I mean, that was on record, on camera, so yeah.
5: So had North known that he wasn't staying, like towards halfway through the year? Well, that's where, and even from Port's perspective, to give them an out here, is that this has just popped up out of nowhere. So we know that um, Port were into... Um, grain, I think at the time and that, that's, that's, yep. that's gone cold so this has popped up out of nowhere so in some ways it's actually it's made it difficult for Port because one they haven't been able to um, I guess um, ha- have a good look at who could we give up um, mm. out of this um, throughout the year that okay, we might have to trade a player out here, who can we trade out and what else might we be able to get in because it might be a it might be a tall, for instance, and we go well. We'll trade this tall, knowing that we're going to be able to get a, another tall in to cover that position. So, but this is this is what happens when something comes out of the blue. It becomes so difficult. Mm. Um, so that you've got to un, you've got to feel for port in a sense because it's come late, but also you've got to feel for north because this has um, popped up out of nowhere. And this is my view. It, there's a big onus on that player manager now at Fra- Horn Fra- Francis's manager, to orchestrate this deal and get it done. Yep. And
3: so, when when uh, Dylan Sheil made his decision, you are pitching for him at Carlton, and and obviously Essendon won yep. the rights there. So, so how do you and you and I have discussed this a few times on Trade Radio since you, you still didn't give up on on him right to the very end. And do you then if you're the underbidder. Do you just let the, two club, the club and the player try and work it out? And, and on that particular night, I believe, and you still deny this, but I believe you rang Dylan Shill yourself about an hour before deadline. No, no. You've denied that regularly, but I, I my information not. is you did. But let's no. let's even remove that phone call. I know you were still hopeful an hour out. So what do you do as the underbidder? Just hope no, that no, it, it I, falls I, over?
5: I actually probably move on quite quickly. When something's happened, um, we gave it our best shot, and, and I totally understood Dylan at the time – why he, he picked Essendon. I really do, because they were more advanced to what we were at that point. So, um, look, I'm a disappointment, um, and I asked him the reasons why when he, he gave us the call. Um, so, and I, and I understood those reasons, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So, yes, we were disappointed, but then we move on real quickly. Now, there was probably a very slight opportunity that that, could have, um, that, that deal might not have happened, and we might have been able to do something. We were sitting there, but I knew um, with Dil's, Dylan's manager that something was going to get done, you know. So, um, you know, we were sitting there, not really hoping. I, I, you were there yeah, if it fell through. Yeah, yeah there yeah. if it fell.
3: Through. Yeah, yeah. But you concede once the player nominated, yeah, you, you have to. Yeah, yeah. you've got to. You, you don't. Yeah. You don't play rough short around it. You just not. Not,
5: not unless, unless, um, for instance, say um, the Giants at that point said. We're not going to trade Dylan to Essendon. Yep. I can tell you now, he's not going there, so you want to deal with us because if he wants to go, mm. he's going to you. Right. That did not happen.
3: Okay. Yep. All right. Well, that was today's Phyllis saucy with Stephen Silvani, AFL Trade Radio's local expert. Become a local expert. Get leads, run your business, improve your cash flow from one app. Let's take a break and on the other side of it, David Noble will review the St Kilda Football Club as part of his offerings on the late trade. That to come. David Noble up next with St Kilda.
2: The late trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up.
3: Kel Toomey of afl.com.au reporting this. Big pick swap in the works. Brisbane looks set to send pick 25 to Geelong in return for picks 38, 48, 55, a future second rounder and a future fourth. So pick 25 to Geelong from Brisbane in return for some back-ended picks, a future second-rounder and a future fourth. And to follow up that information there from Kel Toomey, Mitch Cleary reports that pick 25 will be offered for Ollie Henry. So the Cats, despite Matty Rendell saying they're holding everything up, are the only club doing anything in the past 24 hours, with pick 18 going to GWS for Tanner Bruin, and now getting active and getting creative, which good clubs always do – With Geelong, uh, sorry, with Brisbane, um, finding themselves with pick 25, and Mitch Cleary reporting that that will be going to Ollie Henry. Guys, take us through for Beaumonts uh, what that means to you.
5: A bit complicated, but um, as it sort of stands at the minute, no, just looking at the the Cats have basically um, traded out their future second round pick. Yep. So that stops them, unless they get another future in, that stops them trading out their future first pick for next year? On the rules. Cats or Brisbane? The Cats. No, well, no, the Cats actually. It's actually the Cats. The Cats have um, traded out their future second pick. Yep. So um, it's interesting. I'm not too sure, as the rules that I know, and that's probably a couple of years ago, it might have changed, they... They can't trade out their future first pick at the moment.
3: That, that, that's on the rules, and and as we've discussed a couple of times, this uh, late traded uh, period. So, some um, Port Adelaide, I believe, is asking AFL for special dispensation to to get permission to to actually do just that. Their first and second rounds for the future in this particular trade period. But but to to get back to what you're saying,
4: as the rules stand, that would uh, prohibit that. Yes. Yeah. The, the strategy is clear from the Lions that they've. I think they've made an initial offer to the dogs for Dunkley, whatever that construct was, a first and a second or two first, whatever it is. I think they may have had a period of time to respond to that. um, This is lining up with what I'm hearing today, yes. And now they're moving on to get their points, which they're pretty close to actually getting done with a discount now. With both of Ashcroft and Fletcher coming in, if it's first pick and somewhere between 15 and 20, they've got enough points to go maybe either cover that or but a little bit of deficit. So tick box on that one for them. And what what does it mean for Dunkley with this transaction with Geelong? Oh, well, I think they're just going to play hardball, I, I think. I think they'll either be, this is what we've got left. Otherwise, if, if he leaves and goes mm-hmm. into the preseason, you get nothing. Yep. So, but, yeah, it'll be it's an interesting one
3: yeah so the uh, the cats obviously um bows to come in at and pick 7 to come in with that um in, into the the Geelong operations that, that's yet to be become official and, but that's and,
5: and that's interesting because did they want something back for the 7 they, there was some talk that it wasn't just 7 going they, there was some talk. It was Bose and that, Seven that they wanted a future second. Back. Yeah, there, there was, and, and, his, that, and that now his, that's now gone. That's gone. Yeah. So it's whether that becomes a twenty-five. Can they trade the twenty-five mm. as part of that deal? And what what? Um, Gold Coast could do with that twenty-five, so it's all a little bit complicated. Yeah, it I mean, is. That's so... so, so
3: again, just, just backing over the, the cat. So, so pick seven comes in with Jack Bowes when, when that happens, and that that will happen because that's what Geelong does. They've uh, used their own uh, pick eighteen from their ladder position this year, their first pick in this year's draft today officially to GWS to get Tanner Bruin across, right. and now have had an exchange of picks with the Brisbane Lions to uh, to, to then give them the the pick twenty-five and that, uh, according to Mitch Cleary, will, will be the one that gets the Ollie Henry deal done. Again, there may be something else required on top of that. I'd be surprised if there wasn't more required from a Collingwood perspective on that, given they used their first-round selection on him two years ago and, and wanted more than that, but l- there's 25 now. Um, again, Mitch Cleary's saying it will be offered for Henry, not not necessarily be the one that gets it across the line, but that will be offered, and I'd be surprised if Collingwood yeah, took that in that regard. So, uh, yeah, a bit going on. And, and again, the Cats, uh, yeah, the premier team and, and, and are getting nice and active and nice and busy. And who knows what it's going to look like by the end of uh, Wednesday night because they, they may not just settle with once they get these three, you know, high-end draft picks from other clubs of, of recent times.
5: I tell you, like 24 hours really is a long time. Matty Rendell. Didn't he put a rocket up a, up the cats and they've just gone bang well, have tonight? We, have
3: we seen him yet? Because Noah Matty, <laughs> is he out there, is he? Yeah. Yep. He'll be taking credit for this uh, un, oh, yeah. Un, yeah. unfolding he, light has he's today. Absolutely oh, he's just taking like a bow, is he? Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. He's in fear, fearsome agreement. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He was in form. Yeah. Um, yeah, so okay, there's there's a transactioning of that. No, let's take a take a break. We were going to spend the last few minutes talking about uh, the St Kilda Footy Club with you. We ended up talking about that uh, significant exchange of picks. We often don't get too caught up in the just the, the exchange of picks type of transactioning on the continental ties AFL trade radio, but that one is crucial to uh, to unlocking a lot of what is to lie ahead today. So, break now. Other side of it, David Noble to review St Kilda.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist
3: Warehouse. Stephen Silvani, as he does uh, on the Late Trade, handing out the goodies, of a chocolate uh, nature. David Noble also here, Damien Barrett, uh, Matty Rendell lurking in the studios. And we've got a special guest coming up in about uh, half an hour's time. And, A man who uh, lit the show up yesterday when he was uh, telling Matty Rendell to to hit the cough button and then revealing how Matty Rendell, when when he was uh, trying to recruit this person, Paddy Dangerfield by name, uh, brought a six-pack along and uh, proceeded to drink the six beers by himself because Paddy Dangerfield's dad wasn't uh, a great drinker at the time. And Paddy's going to come on today. And, uh, and have a chat with, uh, with Matty Rendell. You might want to hang around too, Nobbs, for that part, part of that because uh, you were at, at the Adelaide Crows when Paddy Dangerfield was the target of, uh, of the Crows at that particular point in time.
4: I was, yeah. I'd love to hang around and uh, see what Patrick's got to say. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, he revealed a few things about Matty yesterday <laughs> and Matty, uh, Matty then lit it up for a, about an hour and he will again today at 5 o'clock. Nobbs, time for this. Nobles Nows.
2: for Ego Power Tools. Think outside with the Ego Power Plus 56 volt battery
4: range of outdoor power equipment.
3: Saints, uh, the focus of this second review of today on the late trade.
4: Yes, interesting. Um, having spent a little bit of time down there recently, not a great deal of uh, review in regards to the list overall it was more a higher level um, discussion, but. A um, couple of areas of needs, I think. Midfield support, I think they need to continue to, to look for that. Obviously, degoey was a, a target for them um, to come in through there. Key forward, I think some support for, for Max. Um, you know, Timmy Membry, I think, is is a really solid player down there. So another option down there, I think, would help. I'm also a bit keen on a small forward for them and a key back. So they've got a couple of areas that I think they need to, to try to target in the next couple of years. Um, growth, I've got them as a six demo, you know, their ability to get better. I think if you look at, uh, some of their guys that, you know, currently, so Higgins, Butler, um, Joshie Battle, Wilkie, Howard, um, the skipper, like they're, they're pretty rock solid at the moment. So I, I think they need to really start to play together like they did in the first half of last year. That'll bring them forward quicker. Um, development wise, they've got a few Wanganin Malira, um, Paris, you know, they like him down there. Um, Windhagen, so they got some nice talent. He, he was good this year, yeah, I thought. Particularly the second bucket. half of it,
3: yeah. yeah he, and, and was prepared to play some roles that, that may not have been the way he played junior footy, but yeah. it showed he could commit to a task and... Yeah, Great. I really like the way he carried himself.
4: Great preparer. They've got high expectations for him and and faith in what he does and trains really hard and prepares himself really well. So I've got them at about a six. You know, they've gone to the draft a little bit, a little bit more, I think, in the next couple of years. Um, Stability-wise, I've got them as a six. You know, they've done the review. Um, while she's in. Um, Simon Lethleen's moving into the CEO, good footy person. So just a little bit of just you know, 12 months to sort of stabilise a little bit more, I think. Game plan probably needs a little bit of work. You know, I think when we played them this year, they were they were hard to work out. Their best footy, I think, is when they play fast and they're able to move the ball quickly to some even numbers with Kingy. That's that's the sense of it, I think. So um, vulnerability, they're obviously in a good spot from a salary perspective. Um, obviously, they went out after Dugowie, so I think they're positioned quite well from a cap perspective for the next couple of years. Uh, some picks, 9, 28, 32, so not too bad. Probably aren't going to lose too many and, and have a high pick come in from a talent that they might lose. Um, premiership window, I've probably got them in that, I think they need a bit of an extension. You know, it's, it's six to eight. I think they're a couple of years away from really starting to, to ramp up. I think they've got capacity if they're all, it's a bit like we talked about with Port. If they're all up and going and playing well, I think they've got capacity to play finals. I think they can finish in that seven, eight, 910 bracket. Okay. That's where I, I think they are. But they do need a bit of an extension. They're going to need to ch- chase some high end talent, I think, in the next couple of years and really handpick those targets. Like the Dagois. Um, they shouldn't get too disheartened from missing out because the target's right. The target's mm. the right one. So don't then accept what's underneath that. Reset yourself in the following year and now start to plan for next year and the year beyond that.
3: Yep. How do you find that sauce? And just yeah. to, as, as you answer that, maybe just if you don't, if you don't mind, start at the, at the point that Nob's just finished, the, the targeting of a player. How do they convince a good player, a really good player to want to go there?
5: Uh, well, I, I guess when you go to the draft and you bring youth in, there's some upside, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's a big thing. When, 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 you, when you get a big name player, they get excited about the list. So that's the thing you know they've got to build that list where there's some ex- excitement and th- there's some excitement there in s- in some players like Max King and and w- Winder like he he was he, yep. he surprised a lot of people and they got young Owens coming through so it's another year in those those players how where are they going to get to so um my my thing is by bringing a play to your club, you've got to be able to show that your list is on the up, not on the down. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, in relation to Nobs, I, I agree with most things he says, I think they've got to keep building their midfield. They've got to add to their midfield, get some class through there. They need to find a defender slash forward. that can play either end of the ground. And, and the other hole, I think I'm a little worried with, um, is the backup to, to Marshall, you know? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who is that? Is it Campbell? Is he still on the list? Yep. Um, Max Heath. They've I got think coming he is through. Going around again, Campbell. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I think Patty Wright is a big loss. Yeah. It's whether Campbell and and, and Heath can um, you know fill that void, um, but the other thing is, is it Marshall that goes forward that gives Max King a a bit of a break. So they're 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 the, they're the I guess the holes they they need to fill. Very difficult to do it in one year. Yep. But yeah. they could do it over two.
3: They're lacking, I don't think this is anything other than the obvious, guys. Uh, to me, a, an elite midfielder. Now, I know Jack Steele is an All Australian. I know he's a best and fairest uh, winner. And I know he's he's love at St Kilda. But someone who, who can break lines, who can burst yeah. through. I know they don't grow on trees. I know they're hard to find. And they try to get one in Jordan to goey. But their midfield is, 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 is a, there's a lot of sameness to it, isn't there? Yeah. A, as good as Jack Steele is.
5: Yeah there is and um you know it's it's something they may target in the draft this year what have they got pick uh, nine. 9 this year so whether there's something there that might be might be there that might suit whether that's a midfielder um so yeah I, I agree um they obviously as Dave said they they targeted the right player mm. I've missed out on him but you know let's see what comes in the off season Um, Moving forward, who are they going to target next year that they might be able to get through a free agency?
4: So they had Jack Hayes too mid season, did a knee. Yeah. So he was helping Marshall with the ruck, big, strong body forward. Um, You know, he'd been a really good player at SANFL for quite a few years. So it was good to see him get a chance, but he's coming off a knee as well. Mm. Um, So, yeah. And look, the other one that we've, I haven't mentioned, Publicly, but we've talked a lot about him and a lot of callers have called in. If they can get Hunter Clark up and going, that that can absolutely help move that midfield going forward. When you go to a um, an elite midfielder, you've got to plan it out for a couple of years and you say, look, we've got Hunter Clark, got Windhagen. So you then start to sell the message of the talent, as Soss said, for that player to come and say, yep, I can actually make a difference and we can actually... Play finals and have a crack at winning
5: one. And the, the other one that sort of probably dropped off in his draft year is Coffield. Yeah. That looked, that looked he was looked as though he was going okay, um, but there's no real mention of him.
3: He's had some some setbacks, hasn't he, along yeah. the way yeah. with, yep. with uh, yeah unavailability reasons. So yeah, um, yeah. I look, I, I look at that part of their ground as the one that holds them back. Yeah. Um, I think they can tinker for what it's worth. Nobes and Saucer, on the other, you know, the the forward line and the back line. It's not. It's not um, industry-leading, but but there's a bit there. But without the explosiveness through the middle, I just feel yeah. that they're always going to be lacking. And to your point, somewhere around that, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 on the ladder, again, I, yeah. I just don't see any reason to think any more loftily than that.
4: But that's that's okay if you're planning and you're building and you're going and you've got a clear direction as to how you're going to do it. I mean, they've got a star up forward. Max is a star, a genuine star of the competition, you know, the way that he's manoeuvred. They double-team every time, and he's mm. still able – in a lot of cases, to actually get his body through and actually take those marks. So um, if they can get the balance of the ball movement right, they can add to it, they can move up the ladder in the coming years.
3: Yep. you going to see Caulfield back from the uh, the ACL that he uh, he did suffer. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, on the other side of it, we'll uh, open up the calls again to uh, to round out your time today on the late trade. nobs uh, we'll open that line up. one 300 55 48 A bit to talk about. Given the goings-on at Geelong Footy Club today, what needs to be done on so many other trades? uh, It's up to you as to what it is you want to talk about with Stephen Silvani and David Noble. 1-300-23-55-48.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse.
3: Welcome back to The Late Trade. We're taking your calls on one three hundred twenty 2355 We'll go straight there. Limestone Coast, where Mark has called in. Hi, Mark.
6: Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, a little bit, I've got a little bit of a story. Um, just bear with me. July, August, St Kilda's uh, proxy head of footy at the time, Simon Lethliam uh, along with, uh, I think it's Gallagher, uh, were armpit deep in getting, uh, in their words, uh a winning midfield bull, I think was that their words that they used, yep. uh, saying that it was needed for St Kilda to be a contender. Um, at that stage, we were actually in finals contention. Uh, Goey was their target. Uh, then the board got involved. Uh, Ratton got dragged in by the Junos, which is expected. That's that's the game. And it became a little bit of a sideshow. Anyway, we ended up missing the finals and we missed Goey as well. And uh, Nobbs, he was brought into the club to have a bit of a look around. I know he can't say too much. Um, Lethland was moved out of the footy department. Walsh and Delina have both been brought in. And we, now we fast forward to now, and Gallagher has totally changed tack. He no longer saying that they need a midfield midfield bull. The new narrative is that um, they need uh, talls. Um... Oh, I, I want to ask Nobs, did he have anything to do with that? I know he can't answer it, but what what do you make of this change of tack? And secondly, what big tall should they be looking for?
3: He's got some good info there, um, Mark, on Limestone Coast as <laughs> Nobs. Now, be honest, OK? We, we've let you get away with uh, saying you can't comment, but What what can you say what Mark said?
4: He's a great part of the world, Mark, in it? The Limestone Coast. Yeah. Where, Where is Limestone Coast? Coast? Where is it produces good wine. It does. SA. SA. Yeah. Beautiful spot down the southeast. Um, yeah, well, I didn't suggest that they go to the tours. I wasn't on list management or or any of that side of things. So the um, it was more the discussion, um, Mark, on the the overall the overarching strategy of the club. Like it was a football review in its holistic. I had one chat with Gags, a couple of chats with David Rath, a couple of chats with Lethers. Obviously being on on the group, um, I think. I totally understand the sense of what Mark's saying and the frustration of going, hey, we've been sort of geared towards this. Now, this hasn't happened. I can only say, Mark, that the gearing that I was privy to about the midfielder was still the right sense when I got there because Degowie the was still on the table. I think that because that's now not there, there's not another one that they feel is possibly at that level. And I'm just paraphrasing here. So, therefore, your next option would be to go to the tools. Right. So that, that would – I don't think it's that they've discounted that they need that midfield ball still. It's just that I don't know that they could find one. Yep. That that would be my sentiment. Having missed out on the yeah. the, the one that they really I hope wanted. that answers your question, Mark. But, yep. no, it wasn't any of my influence to sort of suggest that they changed tack.
3: Yep. Mark, thanks for your call. Let's go now to Jim in Geelong. Hi, Jim.
1: How are you going, boys? Well, mate. Good. Look, I, I had a couple of scenarios with um – Young Henry, but the first time I just got shot down, I was going to suggest that uh, Geelong trade their future first round to, the, to GWS and for, a first, for one of their 10 first rounders and uh, use that to get him. But it looks like that's been shot down with the trade that's just happened. So uh, the second option I have is would Geelong or either of the club consider a player trade or Ollie Henry for Cooper Stevens? Their CVs are identical. Um, their positions in the side are almost identical and Geelong get a quality young forward and Collingwood would get a, a fairly high quality. I break young Stevens, as a big beast midfielder who would suit Collingwood's midfield no end. What do you think about that?
5: Yeah, well, often it can be a player. I mean, we always look at the picks, don't we? We have to this so point, yeah. Sometimes a player swap is, um, you know, c- can solve the problem here and, 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 and you know you can value Each year, you know, they can what level they can play at, and you've seen it. So, yeah, I I don't mind that idea. I don't know a lot about Cooper Stevens. Is it Cooper Stevens? Yeah. Yeah. Was he the kid that was injured um, in his 18th year? He might have been actually. Yeah.
3: Don't know. Yeah, played some footy. Yep. Yeah, Jim, look, again, we, we we haven't discussed the possibility of a player being part of it. I, I don't have any line of sight on what you've suggested there. But, um, yeah, to Saucer's point, sometimes it is the player that actually gets the the deal done. Thank you for your call. Back to South Australia. Anthony. Hi, Anthony.
1: Uh, good afternoon, Damien. How are you?
3: Well, thank you. That's good to
1: hear. Just a couple of quick points or questions on the Port Adelaide trading with Jason Oldbanks and Willi um, you mentioned before about Port Island asking asking if they can use their first and second futures next year. Yep. If the AFL approves that, is that going to is that going to broker the deal for for that, for that to happen? And what's it going to take for port to get uh, a Radigalia?
3: Uh Your first question would certainly assist it, and and again that that's what I've been hearing now for a couple of days that they're uh, they're open to asking the AFL officially for for leniency on that space, and that. Uh, the way I had, had it told to me, uh, Anthony, was that um, the AFL was going to be open to it because they're clearly trying to do it for the the right reasons, not not to sort of uh, manipulate anything other than trying to get good players through. So, again, bit to play out in that space. It would certainly, certainly give them more scope to get everything done. In terms of Asava Radagalia, I, I don't claim to know. I'll ask Nobes and Soss and they can jump in. Um, Geelong's position, it's holding pattern position on him is that He's a contracted player. They don't want to lose him. Uh, how it looks, I don't claim to know. I mean, to me, he's a he's a clear third in in what they've got to do. Port Adelaide. Obviously, Jason Horn Francis has elevated and and leapfrogged uh Junior Rioli in terms of I think what they need to do. So they have to become the priority with what they've got scope wise. But
4: reg- Radigillier, guys, what are you So my my only feel is that he's he's a loved player. He goes to Scotty or Andrew Mackey and says I've got a chance here. Mm. It's probably not going to be the deal that's you know you necessarily going to win, but it'll get me a home, or his manager sort of helps. I think he's one of those players that at the end of the day, if you can't fit him in, got four games this year. I I I think there's a. I think you try to see if you can find that, and you sometimes it's just about finding good people another home. Or
5: the the other way is you know if Geelong do rate him. And so listen, we don't want you to go. We think there's a future here. We're actually prepared to give you an extension of another yeah. year as well.
3: Yeah, okay. That that that's what could flush out of all of this, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Anthony. You've uh, yeah, you've uh, you've identified some issues there that uh, clearly are being worked out from uh, from a Port Adelaide perspective. Uh Daniel now in Leneva. Hi, Daniel.
1: G'day, Damo, Davo, Steve O, how you going? <laughs> all good.
3: <laughs> Well, well, mate.
1: Yeah, I've got, a, I've, I've got three questions, but I'll cut it down to two and try and be quick. Um, just listening to Dave's review on St Kilda, should they use the money that they missed out on the to maybe bring in a Whitfield or a Haynes in a bit of a salary dump? Um, and also, second question was, with Luke Jackson going to Fremantle next year, I'm not sure how someone like him, like where he trains in the pre-season, but especially someone like Luke Jackson, would he... I think it'd be great for him to get, train with the mids all year and get that tank really built up. Or, being a ruck, does he need to kind of train in all the positions or utility as he is?
3: I'll jump on the first one, uh, Daniel. I've asked that question specifically as best you can of clubs uh, regarding Whitfield or Haynes. And I'm not hearing anything strongly at this stage that that uh, that club, the Saints, or any club for that matter, are are into those two players, despite their availability um, provided if you you take on their wages. But um, I would have thought one of them might have appealed, but at this stage I I haven't got a line of sight on that uh, being uh, investigated and the Luke Jackson part of it, Nopes?
4: Yeah, I think the Luke Jackson one makes sense because he's got a big tank. He's shown that the last sort of couple of years. I think the capacity for him to play – Blitzarves type that, you know, that modern role that can play a, a, a number of different um, positions. And, you know, he gets the ball, he jumps, he kicks it pretty well. The, the interesting one with – it's a it's a really good question in regards to the, the GWS. What if GWS said to Saints, Haynes and pick 15? You'd have to have a look at it, wouldn't you?
3: I, I reckon there's a conversation to – potentially be had about Haynes in pick three although we've said today that they were actually trying to get pick three with North Melbourne to try and get pick one off them so that that could well be off the table now but a couple of days ago I I believe they're open to to losing one of those or both those players with that pick as well with pick three yeah yeah. again the benefit of that is similar to what Bose is happening with with Geelong. You take the wage of these players, we'll give you the pick. Something could come back the yeah. other way, obviously. Obviously, yeah. but, no, I, I understand yeah.
4: there might be a bit of sentiment from the Saints guys going. The fans out there with, he'll not probably getting to the level that necessarily that they want him to. They have got Crouch coming on board. I think Brad plays a role. Maybe, maybe they got him into play a role. That he not quite. He needs another support in there. Yeah. to get the best out of him. Yep. Um, and I'm only thinking that with the review that I did, I think Haynes is more of a, a fit for me for the Saints than Whitfield. Gotcha. But again you and it'll be about the pick that comes in, not necessarily and you've got to be prepared to take the money. Yeah. As well.
5: I, I I guess the one is say it is Haynes, though they... The fact that he's only got two years on his contract yeah. and it might be, say, roughly, I don't know, 1.6 to 1.8 mil. Yep. right, us go 1.8 for the, for 1. the two 8. years remaining. Yeah. Okay. Where uh, compared to Whitfield, yep. where he's got five years, it's closer to yep. know, five or six, might be closer to five, six mil possibly. Yep. The thing with Haynes is the value of three, to get to be able to get pick three, and I think Haynes, I, I, he's on the decline. Yep. But can he can he launch a little bit again in a new environment? Yeah, or get help? his body right, <coughs> and, yeah. You know, like what Matty Rendell loves doing, he loves smoothing the contract out. <laughs> yeah. So and um, it,
3: the reluctance too, from a Saints perspective, is they've just finished the four years of, of Dan Hannaby. Where yeah. it, again, yeah. as much as they did it in good faith, it didn't work. He played seventeen games in four years at big money, and and to then bring in someone else who's already got question yeah. marks over ability. So yeah. not ability, but but body. Um, Is that that Whitfield or Haynes at all? I think both. I I think both when it comes to... I mean, Haynes' body is not as good as it was two years ago. Now, he could get it right, but but Whitfield's certainly not. I mean, that's just on on a visual for the last two years. Daniel, thanks for your call. Again, a lot of interest in the Saints. Nobes just reviewed them. Uh, We need to take a break because we've got Paddy Dangerfield joining us on the other side of it. Matty Rendell's going to come in and... um, Nobes, you're welcome to stay. You're welcome to go. It's up to you if you want to go and jump into that chair. Your, your, old, yep. bu- your old buddy, Matty Rendell, who you work with at Adelaide Crows, and you'd have a chinwag over the, pla- the player you drafted way back, and uh, it was the start of what was to become an all-time AFL great career with Paddy Dangerfield. We've uh, got to do all of that on the other side of this break on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse. The Brutal Truth for plantation homes. Save up to 75% on energy bills with a solar-powered, all-electric plantation home.
3: The Brutal Truth uh, sees Maddie Rendell... Wander into the studio as he does each and every day at five o'clock Melbourne time on the late trade. David Noble is hanging around because we've got a special guest to join us in a matter of moments from now. The man that they... uh, Recruited and uh, gave the entree hang on, to... Hang on, hang on. I recruited. You recruited? I well, it's Patty Dangerfield we're talking about. Hey, Matt, before we get him on the line, um, you've had a big 24 hours again. I mean, you just dominate this trade period. You're, you're the man who creates more headlines and more fights than anyone I know in the two and a half weeks of every single trade period. And you geez, you put your long on notice last night and, 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 and they've, they've reacted. They've well, done deals all day. You're well, the only club doing anything at the moment. And you said that were the one holding day. everything up.
0: We had a very flat day yesterday. wasn't it flat. Uh, the one deal done, so I sparked it up and got uh, Andrew Mackey into action. Congratulations, he got the brilliant. Did you personally give him a call? Did you call him yesterday? I don't know him, but he's right.
3: Uh, Are you taking credit for his deals today? Eh?
0: Oh, I'd sprung him into action. I reckon he tapped him on the shoulder. He said, <laughs> He said, Andrew, come on, let's move it along. We got you, things to do. He walked and, in the room and bowed. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: well, so I should have. And, uh, and
0: you said he wasn't so using
3: pick 18, 8 and that was the first one he used today
0: on Tanner Broom. No, they didn't want it, but. Um, look, they chased Tanner Bruin from a long way out, so it was, and they they would promise him that they would get him over the line. That's what clubs do if you're chasing them; yep. they promise you get him over the line. So that eases the mental um, aspect on, on the players. Uh, I don't know why it didn't happen Monday, uh, because it was obviously in the pipeline for a, for a while. But uh, he was the first one they chased. The Oliver Henry one has come later, so they yep. so they get the Tanner Bruin one done, and, and maybe they haven't promised um, Oliver Henry that they can get the deal done. Yeah, right. Yep. Maybe is we're going to do our best.
3: Yep. And and obviously they're, they're yet to officially get Jack Bowser uh, out of the, uh, so, the Gold Coast Suns, and and then Pick Seven comes with that so once they do I,
0: that. I, I haven't checked the official rules, and, and so I'm not sure you you remember them, but. Um, so Sauce I doesn't that, worry about <laughs> rules, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gold Coast Suns want the future second back for Jack Bowes. Right, okay. So, y- you have to do a deal that's half reasonable. Uh, you can't just say, you can have Jack Bowes and pick seven, and that's it. Yep. You have to get something back. It's not, we know it's a farce, but you have to <laughs> give something back. So, they've gone uh, future second, and... But,
3: but I think that's gone today, isn't it, with that no, transaction but yeah, but in I, with the, yeah, the Brisbane line? So,
0: so the issue is, uh, the problem is, uh, I don't think you can... Trade out your your one and your two, so the future first you would think go for he, for Henry. Yep. I don't think can go out now uh,
3: unless they get special dispensation from the AFL. Yes. Yep. Hey, we'll, we'll revisit all of that in yep. in a few moments' time in the next hour or so. But we need now to go to a very special guest who has agreed to join us. He uh, he lit things up yesterday when he was telling you, Matty Rendell, uh, via a text message <laughs> to use the cough button in this trade radio studio. His name's Paddy Dangerfield, and he. He joins us. he's got a special connection with you. you went and recruited him so uh Patty, thanks for your time today on uh, trade radio
1: Good afternoon boys looking uh looking forward to it i'm, cough,
0: I'm cough. on the I'm on the same uh station and I'm telling you, patty, the cough button doesn't work <laughs> we, we tested it numerous times <laughs> yesterday, and they' put me back there again <laughs> every
1: time Addy. every afternoon <laughs> you hear in the background. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: and the other story you you revealed too patty as you wound up yesterday and we wound maddie up on your behalf was uh, the the wooing um of of you by him and, and david noble still in the studio today too so these men were still at the adelaide crows when you were a uh, a 17 year old still in year 11 uh, at school in geelong and living at moggs creek and just take us through, take our listeners through the story that you, you did tell on text message yesterday about Maddie being the recruiter of the Crows, identifying you, and about to use Pick Ten to get you in that year's draft as a Crows player. But he knocked on your door, you noticed something in his, his hand.
1: Yeah, so we had um, we had three separate interviews in the lead up to oh. the draft, and obviously the draft camps coming up soon. And, and Hamish Ogilvy and, and Maddie, um, the first two were, were really professional. Um, as you'd expect, um, but surprising no one, the last one, and, and I think as every listener would understand, Matt doesn't tend to sort of leave anything sort of in the holster. What you see is what you get, and he calls it for how, how he sees it. Spot and, on. Um, <laughs> and the last, the last interview, it was just uh, it was just Navy that came down. Haggis couldn't get down, and um, he had a six-pack in his hand. And, <laughs> From the beginning, it was what well, this is going to be a slightly different interview, and it wasn't an interview at all. I, I'm not sure whether Matty was just in the area, but it was um, it was pretty quickly, you know, where are things at? And he's like, "Well, if he's a, to be honest, we're just going to pick him at pick 10. And um, it was as loose as you could get, but it was probably a, a nice sort of, um, you know, a nice segue into the draft where it was just the anxiety was gone or, around what was you know, coming up in a, in a couple of weeks' time.
0: I was um, – the reason I went there is I wanted to know where the hell Moggs Creek was and what it looked like. So <laughs> can I just tell you um, how, we, how we settled on Paddy? Uh, so uh, I, they played a game in Perth before they went to South Africa, the AIS kids. So they played West Perth and it was like their second game of the year. And um, the West Perth blokes came out and tried to smash them. Uh, Troy Cook was playing. He was trying to kill everyone in the team. And there was two blokes who didn't poo their pants in the team. It was Daniel Rich and Paddy Dangerfield. First time I seen him play. So I said to Haggis, we're going to keep uh, – Rich was the following year. So I said, we're going to keep our eye on Paddy Dangerfield because he qualified only by a couple of weeks, I think, um, because that's when you could take 17-year-olds. They had to, they had to turn 18 before the end of April. I can't. I think it was nearly the last year or second last year, maybe. Anyway, so we watched him all year, played half back, played okay, nothing great. Uh, saw him get four, four kicked on him by a Danaher one day. Um, but anyway, at the end of the year, uh, we, he was playing half back. We requested from Michael Turner to play him in the midfield. Was that the second last game, Paddy, or the last game of the home and away?
1: Uh, I reckon it was the second last game. I'm, I'm glad you didn't tell the story. I forget the ground, but there was a game that um, I think I took two, two or three kick-outs in a row and they all went out in the full, <laughs> blowing a howling gale. What,
0: what ground was Look, that at? Uh, the, I think it was at um, Coburg's ground. Um, oh, Coburg. Yeah. Oh, what a place. Yeah, what a <laughs> anyway, so Anyway, so we said, Mickey, can you play him in the midfield? So anyway, I said to Hamish, I'm not going to watch. I said, you go, if I go, because there was a big game on that weekend and everyone was at it and no one was at this game. So I said, Hamish, you go. If I go there, they'll go, and what is he doing there? Who's he watching? So um, anyway, he played in the midfield. Hamish rang me out at time. He said, my God, you should have seen what he's, what he's done in this first half. I said, go see Mickey Turner at halftime and get him out of the midfield. <laughs> Anyway, the next game he played him in the midfield. I think he had twenty nine or something. Paddy playing in there, and it was no one was there again. It was outstanding. The, the twenty nine, you, you just see, had to see to believe. So they made the finals, and the first final, Paddy, you go back to half back, I reckon, and you get beaten, and you're out. And I'm going happy days. Was that, is that pretty close to the mark? Yeah, it is. You know. I suppose the balance
1: for for tech clubs, and we see we still see it now. It's obviously a job for recruiters to pick through, but they're balancing those that they think will get drafted, and then trying to expose other players. And the best way to do that is obviously play them through the midfield. So that's a yeah. you know, and the art of art of recruiting, just, isn't it?
0: Just one, just the the end of it. So, uh, so we're going to take him in the draft. So only me and Hamish know that we're taking. T- and I've got other. I've got a uh, bloke who works about four days a week. So part-time. I never showed any of my part-timers, nothing. We just got so you keep all of, this to yourself? A bit of vision yep. and, and a bit of vision. And on the last day before we flew out for the draft, I showed uh, Peter McLean, his name is. He's a beauty. He, he watched the vision. It went for about 10 minutes and he's come back and he's gone, my God, he goes, this bloke's going to win Brownlows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How good was he, Peter McLean? Uh, he and uh, I, said, I said, I agree with you. He was a good recruiter. No, was, you were there at the
3: time too, obviously, working with uh, with Matty. Just uh, your your yeah. recollections of this period?
4: Well, I was a, a assistant coach. I was doing the forwards at that stage. So I think Paddy played two games that year. We we flew down. The team came down. We had a captain's run. We had to introduce Paddy. To, he'd been up through school holidays. That was probably unfair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'd, um, he played with West Adelaide as well that year. Yeah. Would, got knocked out. Try I to,
1: and trying to get deep in that team, no. <laughs> yeah. like. Brett Burton, he just wanted to isolate himself inside the, <laughs> the golf square the whole game.
4: <laughs> yeah, so we, we came up, we met the family, um, we gave Paddy his jumper, and uh, he had his first game at, at Eddie had it, whatever yeah. it was and, back and then. Yeah, and
0: what's the most enduring memory of Paddy playing his first game? Can you remember, boys? Oh, I'd love to see the vision of it again. Harry high pants. Oh, he, okay. he had him up, ra- he had up around <laughs> his neck yeah, was... with a jumper tucked in. That was new. People sport, couldn't stop laughing. I mean, it was hilarious. Well, oh, you need to go back and have a vision of yeah. that with the Harry yeah, high pants. Craig,
4: Craigie would come on the training track, shirt tucked into his shorts, shorts up, <laughs> well, socks would, up, yeah, he and would. he had four packets of. PK chewing gum that he'd chew through training. <laughs> yeah. So, Paddy just followed suit. And Paddy,
3: from you, memory, you, you did... Uh, you, you completed year 12 in that first year as a crow, didn't you? Is that, is that my memory serving me correctly?
1: Yeah, correct. So, I do game reviews with Alan Stewart and, and nobs throughout the year. So, sort of via almost five phone, really. But, um, we didn't have any Zoom or anything like back back then, but we still had sort of DVDs of the game. So, they would go through them and then I chat to Nieves and I would chat to Stewie and that was sort of the game review for the week. But um, yeah, obviously, wouldn't happen now with the structure of the draft. But um, yeah, it was a. I still remember it t- so clearly now. It's, it's such a great time in your, in your life, and we've got you know a whole batch of young players coming through that will experience it yeah. next month. And then
3: you you fast forward to to two weeks ago when you. I mean, you arguably should have won Norm Smith Medal either way. You, you had a fantastic performance, in the the crowning moment for you as a, as a football, you've always wanted to get the premiership that you secured the other day. So, when you do reflect now, and I'm imagining there would have been times just uh, in, in the last couple of weeks where you have, and you, and you take your thoughts back to that period, um, what what is that is that's most special to you now? As you as you do reflect now with the the culmination of a flag,
1: I think it's just the people along the way. It, it's funny. Nobs and I were flicking text messages, the Sydney versus Collingwood game, because depending on the result it was going to depend vastly on who Nobs was going to support. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's the people that you um that you experience it with they're the uh, they're the special things about, um you know being involved in footy clubs. You you have you know not everyone's going to be your best mate, but there's connections that you make that are just so special. And my time in Adelaide is that. I mean Knob's, um was the first person I told that you know I was going to head back home I still remember we met at West Lakes and um, being the head of footy at the time and that was it was a tough sort of conversation but it was easy because we are and still are such good friends but yeah it's um, still remember the first meeting with Maddie and it was at my nan's house and you know they're they're very intimidating sort of um, you know first meetings for, for these young drafted players uh, and potential draftees. And then um, once you wrap, wrap your head around, you get to know the people. Um, Matty certainly isn't intimidating. as a further <laughs> C12.
0: How long was your fish story you told us? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <First interview. laughs> for about 20 well, minutes, I the like, fish story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always, my view as a young player, whoever was coming to interview in the draft, you get as much information on them as you as you could. So I knew Hamish was a police Ooh. officer, um, was from Tasmania. So then, rather than all the questions being to you, you had a little bit of um, <laughs> ammunition to go back and, and talk to them. I very, like
4: very talk, good. Very good. Talking of first year, we won't have time now. Do you still remember your first session with Charlie Walsh? Yeah, passed out in the bike. <laughs> <laughs>
5: True story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. True story. Hey, Paddy, Paddy, you watched the grand final back?
1: Yeah, I have. Soss, I'd be lying to say that I didn't. I've never rewatched 2020, but um, I've rewatched um, 2022 a few times.
5: And did you do it on your own, or did you do it with your family, or did you do it with your teammates? I did team the first time, and then um, and then I flicked it on with my wife probably
1: late last week. And it's probably, to be honest, I reckon since I've been in Geelong, it's the best game that we've played in terms yeah. of against a really good opposition yeah. and just awesome. you know, everything that we'd tried to execute, yeah.
5: You were yep. awesome. And, and when world. you look
1: back, Paddy, do you do you think you should have
3: got the North Smith medal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's hard to, to go past 30-3, um, and three, Damo, but Ooh. someone does have to get it out to those guys that kick it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're happy with the Gary Ears, though. You should be happy with the Gary Ears very
6: very yeah, very. yeah.
3: <laughs> hey paddy really appreciate it mate thanks for revving us up yesterday we were a bit flat until maddie started coughing without using the cough button and you you had picked up on that and we've tried to tell him for three years to use that cough button but he won't and um yeah the six-pack story we just thought it was worthwhile having uh having you come on today and we really appreciate you you're doing that as you do
1: no, i love being on and uh have love listening boys and Matty spices things up. It's um, good <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got your
3: club go, and He gave Andrew Mackie. Yeah. a crack this oh, time last night. Now he's taking credit. Have you oh, noticed yeah. that?
0: Yeah. All your family did still that, well, Pat? At that age well. Oh, tell me just <laughs> one last girl. question. Uh, you still... Uh, he just had a little girl. You, uh, you just had a little girl? Yeah. So second? Winifred. Yep. Third? Winifred. Third. Oh, okay. Third. Um, you'd yep. still keep in contact with Phil Davis?
1: Yes, I've actually got his um, the wedding party so they have got that wedding next week. Oh, he's, he's getting walking, married, so. is he?
0: Okay. I wish him all the yep. best. So yep. I picked Phil Davis the following year knowing that these two blokes would be best mates. And You did say I, that to me before. I you did picked say it. that. <laughs> I said, sort of, "You'll be best mates and he and cuz he was a local, Phil, uh well for four years anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> that he that he would help keep Patty <laughs> in Adelaide." Two years later, <laughs> Phil Davis pissed off <laughs> at the bloody... I pinched him. I yeah. did sauce got the sauce got him. Sauce pissed yeah. him off me. Because <laughs> yeah. he
4: had family in Sydney.
0: Yeah. Oh, geez, there you go. That was devastating. He's blown over
5: Sydney, sir. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> hey, Paddy,
3: go and enjoy uh, the remainder of 2022 and keep watching that uh, grand final. You've uh, obviously deserved all that, but thanks again for coming on today.
0: Good on you, Cheers, Paddy.
3: Paddy Dangerfield, we need to take a break, actually, yeah. and then we'll uh, need to get uh, some information out of your good self, Maddie, on the other side of it. But um, yeah, I'm glad he uh, joined on uh, on the line there. And great great stories, given you both got the connection, you and Nobs cool. with the, the life story. And, uh, you know, obviously then speak to him two weeks after winning the, the premiership, and then obviously with two kids now and the, the whole life story that you're yeah, a massive part of and helped shape with him. And he's so obviously grateful for the meetings he had with you back in 2007, let's take a break on the late trade and we'll be back with more. Maddie Randell and Stephen Silvani after it.
2: The late trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit MEGT.com.au today and Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse. Matt Rendell's List Analysis for Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today.
3: Richmond Footy Club is the focus of the first of Matthew Rendell's list analysis for this day on Trade Radio, the late trade. Uh, Maddie. before we get to the, the future, let's look at the past, that being what you said about the Tigers this time last year.
0: They're there for another big crack. No, they can win it again. Uh, that'll be a cracking game. Melbourne v. Uh, Richmond if it was in a grand final uh, with everyone available. But they're in a super position to regenerate uh, with this draft hand. They've got a really big watch on what they're going to do. You've
3: had a really good uh, reign now of uh, reflective form on this. I think you're uh, you're mm. really coming no, into your I'm own now. And, and, and you were close there because they felt they could have made a grand final again. they lost an elimination final. But... They were thereabouts the whole year. And, I'm, well, uh, I'm
0: well into bow territory. At, at the <laughs> no, no, no more push-ups. No, I'm out of push-ups. Where do you see him right now? Oh, look, look oh, what I said then, you can say again, because somehow they stuffed up this. I mean, they lost four games. There might have been more five, than four. Five, five season, games, which yeah. were unlosable by Richmond standards, but a bit of a different team it was. So no Dusty, really. And we know how crucial is he is. At his best, is he the best player in the comp? or does he just play the best in big games? He plays the best in big games, no doubt.
3: 2017, clearly. He's in, he's in, clearly he's in the, the
0: argument for the top three. He hardly plays. Unfortunately, you know, his dad passed away, then he got injured, and he, look, he was nowhere near right in the finals. I can understand why they played him. So uh, they've kept everyone, really, that they want to keep. Uh, Rewalt ran for another year, Cotchen ran for another year, uh, they found a key defender in Gibkiss, but that's no surprise. He was a pick six. He went forward and wasn't too bad. So keep that up your sleeve. They missed Grimes badly at the end of the year too with another hammy. Keeps doing them. Mm. Um, Vlaston, I thought, had a really good year. The, fo- the find of the year for them was Rioli off half-back. Great year. Oh, how good was he? Uh, the other find they got was Sonsi playing basically as a wing. Really good player. Uh, and Bolton had a super year. Uh, mainly mid, bit forward, and Cumberland. So they found yeah. plenty of blakes. Cumberland looks he was so dangerous,
3: and Baker stepped up too. Baker
0: he? in the yeah. midfield more. Um, they didn't really didn't have any quiet ones. So you you think you know how did they make the eight? Uh, I think it's the Grimes Dusty was crucial uh, for them. The injuries there and Prestia was uh, same thing, hot and cold with his injuries as well. So uh, in a different year. But they found a few because of their injuries. Uh, I, I was, I'm still flabbergasted how they lost those games. I think their brand. I mean, everyone knows their brand of footy now, and it's you know it's it's all duck no dinner, a lot of it. So you better make sure you don't turn it over, just forward of centre for them, because it gets turned over forward of centre for Richmond, it goes back the other way, and there's gaping holes everywhere. So I reckon. Grimes not playing left a uh, lack of leadership back there in defence, and the fact that they turned the ball over going inside 50, which is not normally their go. Uh, They've normally been super at it. So uh, you would think, with those new players p- coming in and playing really well, Dusty, Grimes back, um, they need Bolter to be better. Um, played as a key back for most of it, he, he's extremely athletic. And he's a monster of a man, but he gives him a, a big leg rope, his opposition, a big leg rope, because he backs his speed to get him, but he doesn't get him. <laughs> so he needs a rule. Real... And, and is
3: he more back than a forward I, I think he's experiment? I think
0: he's good for back. So Tarrant held up his end quite Came well. Came good, didn't he, after a bit of a teeing yeah, issue. Yeah, 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 early. So they need Bolter to be really good in defence, I think, with Grimes – and probably because Gib- Does he take Tarrant's spot? Probably. But anyway, they've got Tarrant there as backup playing in his last year. I think they go Yeah two last years. Two. Their forward line looks outstanding. If you want to, Bolton, Cumberland, Rewalt, Lynch, Dusty, and maybe Baker up there or or Sonsi or the like. Um, haven't got Hopper in there yet. Um, I've got Taranto, Graham, Prestier on ball. Mm. Um, so th- they've got depth, and they've got options. They haven't even got broad in. Uh, Ralph Smith had a really good year. Uh, obviously, Edwards retired. Pickett playing on mainly on a wing. They've got some depth. They've got balance. Um, and the best thing that's going to happen to them this year is they've got a massive lead-in before Christmas for yes. pre-season. A first time for a few years. They've got a big lead-in, and you know how I keep banging on about pre-seasons. They'll have a massive crack pre season because they know how important it is. And they didn't quite. The lack of time because they keep winning flags or finish up the top really hurts you in the end, gets you somewhere along the yeah. line. I reckon they got them this year. So, um, absolutely can. And, and they've done it beautiful. They're starting to do a bit of Geelongish stuff uh, around b- bringing players in, getting draft picks, bringing some young kids underneath, playing them as their blokes get a bit older, but keeping the older blokes. Yeah. It's just. They've, they've followed their uh, blueprint beautifully.
3: What do you make of that, Sauce?
5: Yeah, I, look, I, I agree. Um, I think they were extremely unlucky not to, to play finals, but um, how many games did they lose under a goal?
0: Oh, it was a four, oh look,
3: I, I I had it in my but head least, there for so long, I've forgotten it now, but it's at least five. Yeah, yeah five, five or six, it, I think, yeah. And, and a couple with our 40 up and, yeah. They or, should
0: have nearly been top two. They yeah. should have been.
3: Yeah. So that's yeah.
0: that's how – And then well, they
3: lost the final in the same
0: manner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. think again. they should
5: improve with what's coming in. Mm. So, um, look, I, I think they're a top four team. Um yeah, I've got them there too. You know, I, I
0: think they're primed.
3: Yeah, and and, and bringing in Taranto they, and Topper. They're not
0: old. I mean, you know, Cot- Cotchins and Jack are probably the well, oldest at about thirty-three.
3: Yeah, but without doing the numbers, they're going to be second only to Geelong, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but they're probably a little bit. Their average age twenty-four. They're. they're uh, oh, sorry, I'm looking at Fremantle. now. that's stupid. Uh, I think they're about third I think
3: they're gonna have eight uh, at, at, at thirty or twenty nine yeah, and above, yeah, I think, at yeah, the start yeah. of next year. And and again, Geelong and, has just proven it doesn't matter. It
0: doesn't matter. Yeah. If you get in your fa- pre season right, it, it, it doesn't can matter.
3: Enhance yes. and, and be a, a bonus. I mean every time Geelong ran out for the last two and, years, and effectively they became the the official oldest team ever.
0: They at their best they had a killer instinct and they didn't have the killer instinct this year. Mm. They just it was like they were, it was a touch on the arrogant side, I thought, the right. way they played. Okay. I uh, thought, you know, we've got this. We've always got it before. We've got this. But I thought it was a touch arrogant and they got burnt by it. Right. Yeah,
5: And, and to, for a lot of the, the year, they didn't have Martin playing.
3: Well, he played the first game, then missed seven or eight, and then didn't come back for too long and was out again with the hamstrings. So, yeah. So,
5: so get him up and going. Yeah. Put Taranto in there. Put Hopper in there. Yeah. Scary. So be a little
3: bit scary. scary. Very. Yeah. And, and get Prestia right. Just get him right. They, need, his a, they need
0: a reasonable season from Jack. It's not going to be a great season. It'll be his last. But they yep. need a re- – because you don't want all the pressure on uh, Lynch. But but his they, last game was – They he? might I mean, have options. Those... You know, they, Bolter might end up down there uh, um, if Gib- Kiss improves again and your Grimes yep. plays. So Grimes and Gibkiss yep. can play that. you got Tarrant. So Bolton might end up playing forward to give him a bit of a hand there. Last one.
3: I I reckon you could mount the case that Tom Lynch had his best year of AFL. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in the prime still. Yep. Yep. No, no, he's still going well. Yep. Uh, that's uh, beautiful listening if you're a Richmond supporter. Matty Rendell endorsing the flag credentials. Stephen Silvani backing it up. Let's take a break. We've got a few people waiting to speak to you guys on the line. And if you want to join them, 1 300. Twenty-three fifty-five forty-eight. We'll get through as many calls as we can on the other side of it, and also coming between now and uh, and six o'clock Melbourne time. Maddie, you're going to re- review a second club Yo. today, Frio. Frio. So that's still to come. Your calls next, though, on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit MEGT.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, tilers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up.
3: The Beaumonts news update for this hour. Tanner Bruin joining the Cats in exchange for pick 18. You set off in motion a chain of events uh, 24 hours ago, Matty. You came in and you you personally attacked Andrew Mackey. And he's woken up this morning realising he had to get off his backside and do something. And he's used the pick that you said was not going to be used anywhere. And now they're moving around other picks with Brisbane Lions. And, yeah, they've got Tanner Bruin anyway through the door officially.
0: Oh, it's good. On the back Uh, of you telling him to. I had him, I think, about there in the draft and he just couldn't get an opportunity at GWS so look there's an opening for him at Geelong with Selwood retiring Higgins wasn't playing and uh, Dow House wasn't playing there but I think there's an opening there he'll have to compete with people like Parfitt as well Guthrie still there Dangerfield strong there and a few others but um, um, yeah so hopefully he has a long and fruitful career there Do you think that call um, is more so
5: not for the not for now,
0: but maybe for two years. Oh no going. doubt, yes, because because we, we think they're going to lose. You know, your Duncan, your Tui, Smith, um, mm. around that midfield over the next few years as well. So, it's a but long the game. interesting thing is GWS and who they pick uh, probably need a discuss. We might discuss this with Sauce because you're taking a kid from Geelong Country. You know, Geelong are going to come hard for him if he's any good. Because yeah. they just do. Your theory. So, another, so, another country kid. So you, so you think, do I go Tanner Bruin, Geelong country, or am I picking him for two years and know that I'm going to get a good pick back because he's a good player off Geelong in two years' time? Or do you go someone from the city uh, of Melbourne who's more acclimatised to the city and would and Sydney would appeal to him? Mm. But that's the art of, of the, the yeah. of the recruiting stuff and the yep. doing yeah. all that, what, what doing I, your homework.
5: What, what I would, I mean, this is just my view, Matty. Is that comes into the equation when the the plays are quite even. I think. I, yeah. I think. I think you pick the best player, but if there's. If they're quite even, you take those things. Exactly. You factor it in. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, That's the uh, Beaumonts News update for this hour. Now, we did ask for calls. We've got a few on the line, as always. In fact, we've got a lot. We're going to try and get through you all very quickly. David in Melbourne. First up, Dave, if you can, just keep it brief so we can try and get to others beneath you. Fire away, please.
4: Okay. Uh, Kane this morning said that he believes AFL hoodies should become like American sports, where if you're under contract... Uh,
1: yeah, the club doesn't want you anymore. They can kind of move you on against your will, so to speak. I don't. I don't, I, I don't think you should be able to do that. But I'm interested in Matty and Sosa's thoughts on that. Whether that would come into AFL, and whether they think it's a good thing if they if it did.
5: Yeah, I I don't mind it if it um, relates to players that have come into free agents and executed their free agents' um, rights, and they've they've done long term deals. That's when I reckon, well, um, we should look at that, but not, not uh, early on in their career.
0: Do yep. we have to follow everything America does with their sport? We eventually Can't do.
3: We, uh, we eventually like, do.
0: At least they don't have father-sons in, in America. <laughs> no,
3: they don't have father-sons in America.
0: No I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm happy to leave it as it is.
3: David, it's a deeper conversation. Uh, it's a good one. We'll try and revisit it before the close of play mm. Wednesday, but uh, we need to move on to get some, to some other callers. Thank you for your call. Ross now in Brighton East. Uh, far away, Ross
1: hi guys um look it's fascinating when there's pick swaps and it's a, I suppose a segue building on your um brisbane and uh geelong pick swap so as far as the dunkley deal is concerned i think they're a lot closer now to getting it done um and here's what i think that um that sam Powell could negotiate so a future first and pick 21 um from brisbane and then um, some swaps. So uh, the future second, which is connected to Geelong um, with Brisbane, and then swapping with that pick 39. Um, what that then unlocks is the lobe, the lob deal with Fremantle, and the dogs could give pick 21 and ideally then get back a future third, um, which is connected with, uh, with Carlton.
3: There's a bit that's to work right. way through there, Ross. I've got that's, no doubt you're not going to be too far away from what uh, will pretty, happen. That's pretty yeah. good. That's yeah.
0: pretty spot on. I reckon <laughs> I was yeah. just quickly. It, it may not
3: quite be what the the dogs want for Dunkley, but it, again, what you've suggested there is not going to be too far away, and it might, as as Matty just said, might be, might even nail it. Thank you for your call, Brody. Now in Caulfield, uh, please be quick if you can, Brody. Uh,
1: hi guys, I just want to speak about uh, pick twenty five, which Geelong just got. Um, if they are to package that with something for Bows and Seven, wouldn't it make sense for them to try and split Seven and then trade whatever they can get from that uh, for Henry?
3: I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I, I've I've felt they could do something with Seven, and, and unless, yeah. though, you, you've got the theory though, Matty, that uh, d- Joy, d- is it, Joy Clark, you're, you're talking, Joy Clark, yeah,
0: they're, they're keen on. Look, um, this if there's gonna if they're gonna split the pick Seven, it will happen on the night or before. You can you can do all these trading of picks a week till a week before the draft. Is it sauce? Yeah, all right uh, up to uh, the draft. Right yeah. up to the draft. You can do right it after the trade period. Okay, yeah. so the but, but you, seven, you,
3: you like Joe Clark, and you think he's linked to the Cats. You describe well, him as an Excelwood,
0: as your Selwood clone. Yeah. And if they think they can get him at seven, they'll keep the seven. But if they get information, and they'll have all the information of any club that's going to take him before pick seven, and in that case, then they might split it. But it's yep. not going to help with. Uh, uh, the deal they're trying to do with Oliver Henry. Okay.
5: Matty, on Henry, do you think he's
0: a chance to stay at the Pots? Absolutely, he's a chance. Why? He's not – well, I think that he's um, – did he get advised right? I, 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 he got undersold on his contract, apparently. Um, so Geelong would have offered more, I assume, or she wouldn't bother pursuing that. As a manager, you've got to go to Geelong and say, Well, how are you going to get this deal done? He's a pick 17. You've got Tanner Bruin. Your pick 18's going out. What are you going to do? How are you going to do this deal? Because i got to go back to my client and he's got to be, he wants to come and reunite with his brother uh, and his family, basically. Um, he wants some assurance that Geelong can do the deal so he can get there. If you can't promise me that you can get the deal done, mm. he's very happy at Collingwood. Ecstatic at Collingwood, and he's not going in the preseason draft. He's not going on go the draft. He'll, go, he'll stay at Collingwood and take the contract that they offer him.
3: But that doesn't. That's not the way it's unfolding at the moment, is it? I mean, the, what, the, the, what, he's wanted to get out, and I don't get it. Given it's seventy-five k way that he. Uh, yeah, I know. Really get to... But
0: but it is what it is, and um, I think if they can't do a deal, uh, Collingwood are very very happy to take him back. Okay. Well, they should be.
3: Yep. We'll be talking about this one, I think, all the way through to we'll close off play Wednesday night. Uh, two more quick calls before a break. Uh, David, if you can just continue the uh, the pace here, please.
1: Absolutely, guys. Um, First of all, should St. Kilda be picking up Matt Crouch and bringing the Crouch boys together? One. And two, would St. Kilda be better off looking at also a, maybe a Stocker or a Tom Phillips or even the the
0: Brown boys, um, in the, the list of free agencies. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, look, I don't know about Matty Crouch because you've got Jones and you've got Seb Ross there as well. They're mm-hmm. very similar types in inside players like Crouch. Um, look, to give him depth in that area, absolutely. He's going to cost them nothing. Crows are get well. He's still got a year of his contract of about five hundred, so someone's going to have to pay that. It might be the Crows to get him off, the, get some of it off the books, but they might have to pay two hundred if they can get the Crows to play three hundred of his contract. You'd, you you'd might prob- you'd, you'd, you'd definitely look at that.
3: He want a year added to to whatever yeah, he's so got he, as well. Yes, he want to smooth out, <laughs> smooth out. Yes, <yeah>. Saucer's theory. <laughs> hey, uh, David, thanks for your call. Uh, Brett in Geraldton, apologies, we just cannot get to you. We need to hit a break, and we then need to wrap up the show. We need to get Maddie Rendell to also review Maddie on the other side of this. Fremantle, Fremantle, Fremantle. to come as Maddie Rendell's review series uh, still to come on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio.
2: The Late Trade for MEGT. Build your winning team with MEGT, Australia's apprenticeship and employment experts. Visit megt.com.au today. And Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day from Chemist Warehouse. Matt Rendell's List Analysis for Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today.
3: So, do they make finals? Oh, I think they 22? will.
0: Yep. Yeah, they were damn close this year with a mountain of injuries. They can only get better. You
3: keep taking those bows, oh, Matty. you, you weathered at some moment. storms early on your reflections of okay. last year. This is the Fremantle Footy Club, the list yeah. analysis by Matt Rendell.
0: Okay, I haven't got much time here, but love how Longmuir's got the defence organised. What I said this time last year was that they needed to get more attacking and work out a way to do that. They did that without Tabiner playing for most of the year. Lobb was okay, hot and cold like he is. Um, and no five. Monday great again. They've got some great running backs. So Walker, uh, young. Well, he's just a superstar. And out of contract, I think. Too, he could be no, he signed. He, he, he,
3: he could be anything young.
0: Oh, he's a star. He is. And Chapman on the other one. Ashen and Akers were great on the wings. Brayshaw and Sarong carried a big load in the mid filled with Mundy, and they did it with a plum. I thought they might die out the end. They kept going. Um, Walters had one of his better years in there, but you throw Walters, Jackson, Taberner, a miss I really liked, uh, Swetowski, Schultz, and Sam Sturt is a Bailey Fritch clone who missed the whole year with injury too in there, and throw Tipper in there if they get Tipper. That's badly needed Tipper with that forward pressure. Corbett helps out as a third tool forward. Don't know about Sharp. They, talk, they get Sharp as well. Well, he slots straight in the wing. They've got Clark there, uh, and they've got two really good midfielders, young blokes. Erasmus played uh, two or three games, and Matt Johnson didn't play at all. Uh, big body. I'm talking uh, 190, 193, big-bodied mids, which are going to really help Brayshaw and Sorong. Uh, look, they're not going to win the flag. Uh, but they're going to be right there, and they're going to be extremely hard to beat. Well, I can't see too many holes in them, except the reliance on Tabernacle to be fit. Uh, miss has played two or three games, and he's going to be up there. But if they can get Jackson, they'll get Jackson. Jackson's going to help out massively. In so when they and come on. in the
3: flag, h- no. how close are they?
0: Uh, they're probably two years away. So, and what do
3: they need they're, to they're to tw- make you say that?
0: They're twelfth and fourth. They need games into Erasmus Johnson on ball. Uh, they need Jackson to be really good because I think Taberna might tip out of that and they need games into a miss. Yep. So the young blokes where they went to the draft last year and got a miss, three locals, Erasmus, Johnson, uh, that's going to help them, but they need 50 games. That's at least two to three years, especially a miss uh, as a key forward Uh but, he just looks geez, so composed, isn't he, Sos, oh, when he came was, in? Jai Amos, yeah. Giamis, yeah. Really they've got depth. I haven't got, they've got Frederick as well playing in the forward line. So they've got yeah. some players to throw Tipper in there. They're dangerous. You don't want to be playing them at, with all their players available. Sos,
3: so you've got about a, less than a minute. Just quickly, your take on the, the Dockers after Matty's done that?
0: Yeah, I, I think they're on their way
5: up. They're, they're a big chance to finish top four. I think they're from uh, one to six. I don't think they'll finish tops, sorry. But I think they're in well, they're that position.
3: The s- they're they're abouts for a lot yeah, of years yeah. in, in that I, position. The reason
5: I say that, I still think, you know, the Cats and probably the, the Tigers Richmond, are, yeah. are Melbourne. There and Possibly Melbourne, yeah. And
3: Brisbane usually does enough to be, again, thereabouts. They miss yeah, well, but but look,
5: mm. I, I love the way they've sort of got about it. They yep. went to the draft. Yep. Um, they've... they've targeted a player. It looks like they're going to get it. So they've been methodical in the way they've been building that list yep. under David Walls.
3: Matty, you'll be hanging around for the next hour with yes, uh, Sammy Hargraves who uh, wanders in at this time each and every uh, time on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. soss you'll have a good weekend yep. and we'll see you again on Monday and then we'll be with you until the close of play on Wednesday evening next week to close off the Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. But Stay listening, Sammy Hargraves to join Maddie Rindell.
1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. backers. together and loving it. TNC's apply.